Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Bucket Cast. Is that what we're going to call it? Uh, bucket Podcast? I don't know. We're still working on it. Um, I have a very... My goodness, Crispy. Hello to you. I have a very, very special guest today. I'm super excited. His name is Ilian. Some of you here know who he is because I host him and rate him on a regular basis. Super nice guy. Doing my research, I found out he's from Canada. Makes a lot of sense now. I'm always telling people, oh, Ilian's such a nice guy. He's Canadian. It makes so much sense now. Anyway, really excited to have him with us today. Also, uh, turn of events, we're going to have to take a second here at the beginning. James just got here. So I thought we were going to start with just me and Ilian, but we might add James on here real quick uh, before we get started. In fact, I'm going to invite him to the call right now while I talk to you for a second. Um, I got a haircut because this, uh, this Friday is Lady Navio's graduation party. So I had to, you know, got to look good, right? I don't want to show up to uh, her graduation party looking like a slob. There's James invite. There we go. This might mess up the view for a second. There we go. I'm going to switch views now. Hey, they're here. Everyone is here now. You can unmute yourselves. That actually transitioned way better than I thought it was going to. The only thing I need to do is fix the chrome on Ilian. I even got your name labels in the right spots because I knew that James was going to be late. <laughs> uh, the traffic was terrible, Jimmy. Oh. I apparently have a call right now, of course. <laughs> I never get a call. <laughs> what is going on? Take it live. Just we will second. do it live. Uh, Lady Navio, yeah, that too tall says congratulations. Tall. That's super weird. So let me go ahead and do one <laughs> thing real quick. Uh, I think that's the first phone call I've gotten about three weeks. Mm. I use my phone for the internet. That's the important thing. Yeah, pretty much. The thing that matters. Same. It's like I don't remember the last time I called someone. No. And I'm old enough to remember that, like, I was so excited when we got like a second line in our house, so that you could t I could like talk to a girlfriend late at night, and not have to worry about like the internet kicking us off. Or, oh like, yeah, up the phone. Yeah, that's that's the old school stuff. Now it's like I see kids in school at like ten years old have a cell phone. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I wish. Oh man, I I debate all the time at what age should kids have a cell phone yeah that's that's one of those ones where i always try and be like nah like people need more technology in their lives and then people are like yeah i give my six-year-old a cell phone i'm like what are you doing i'm <laughs> <laughs> like nope nope pull back it's fine let them do their own thing yeah but yeah, that, that's one of those ones phone, and i'm like you're the kid that watches all those weird videos on youtube you're that well, kid. Well, <laughs> Who'd yeah. you, you're, you're did you say your nephew? My nephew. Yeah, he's oh. three. Yeah, all the like all my nephews and stuff. Uh, that's what they do, right? Like they just sit and they watch YouTube all day. Like they, mm -hmm. their parents give them their phone and they they sit and watch different YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. and they Time don't even know what's happening. It's just like mm -hmm. autoplay is like 
and then they're yeah. just entertained. Yeah, well, that's why there was. Uh, there, did you ever have you ever seen those really really weird the creepy uh, ones? The re- yes. it's the same yeah. animations over and over. What did they call that? It was like um, oh the, the Elsa Gate. Elsa Gate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all those yeah. creepy remade videos. Hey, crispy audio. Yeah, where it's people that are like specifically trying to they they do like algorithmic uh, like bot ch- checking out like what kids are most likely to watch and like what'll get them highest on YouTube and then like they just have like an auto generated cartoon around it and it's like creepy and then mm-hmm. of course Trolls Gate grabbed a hold of that and made it even worse because then they started like specifically getting nasty with well, it. Well, yeah, did you see the whole uh, the whole controversy on? Uh reddit where they was like they started seeing these encoded messages in the comments and like it got really really crazy didn't it no i i don't know the whole thing i know that there was like a lot there were ones where like they would do it just like the the regular kind of bot videos and then like halfway through it would like suddenly have them murder each other and do like unspeakable things just because they thought it'd be funny to do to like some four poor four-year-old mm-hmm. it's like uh, I, I don't know anything else too much about it because i was like i don't really need to go around watching bot videos and giving them views yeah no uh, there was a there was a on reddit someone saw that there was all these weird comments that didn't make any sense and so uh he started like researching like he 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 ran them through like different translators and different keyboards and actually discovered that they were actual like hidden messages in the comments it was really creepy there's there's, that's weird yeah, there's like there's like this whole thing behind that. There, there's like so many layers of troll around that whole thing. Like, oh yeah, they, uh, like people just go crazy for that stuff. Yeah, because we'll never know if that was like real or just like just somebody messing with you. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just there. Yeah, because it's already like, why would people do automated like like bot videos? It makes sense because they're trying to get views. But then like, why would you then just do like super violent or like racist or? Do you know what I mean? Sexual content and stuff for like four-year-olds just to bother them, and it's like, well, just to get a rise out of people. So it's like, well, why would people do this conspiracy thing? Mm-hmm. Probably the same reason, yeah. right? Like, who knows? <laughs> people are real weird on the internet, man. Mm-hmm. It's a deep, dark a place. place. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, I got I got a little weird and tried to find out as much as I could about uh, Mister Illion here. So. Uh, I'm gonna rattle off a few details that I found. I'm an open book, and then and then you're an open book, except you're not, because no one on the internet should be an open book. Because yeah, I know I shouldn't, <laughs> but I am. Anyway, uh, so what I found out first of all, you're from Canada. You you are married to uh, someone who also streams or. No, I. She used to. I, I noticed she doesn't have any videos recently. But yeah, um, Miss she, Miss Z, right? Yep, Miss Z. Yeah, she does videos when she can. Uh, the problem is, like during the summer, especially, it's almost impossible because we're both wedding photographers. So, ah. like, and she, that's really her business more than it is mine. Like, I work with her and for her, and I, I do wedding photography as well. But mm-hmm. summer is uh, absolute shit show. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. I can imagine. I that I. That's got to be crazy. I want to turn this. Last year, I, like we had something like 32 weddings, and it's all within Canadian summer, which is, you know, two and a half months kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's like two to three weddings a weekend that year. And it was, you know, we've each wedding takes two weeks or so to edit. Yeah. So you end up when you're doing two edit, weddings a weekend, they all take two weeks to edit. You can imagine you fall behind real fast. 
Right. So we end up working like, you know, 50, 60 hours a week and she just doesn't stream during that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So how did you get into wedding photography? Through her. Entirely through her. Yeah, no, she, photography is her passion and she's been doing it for like 12 years. She started her business 10 years ago and I started dating her like seven, no, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you dug uh -oh. your own I, hole. It should be seven. It should be seven. It was like, yeah, 10, uh, July 10th, 2011 was our first date. So yeah, okay. we, we dated then. And then like uh, about like six months in, I started learning photography with her and then started working with her as an employee. That's awesome. So I've been her employee for like seven years almost. Doing Although they say you have to be careful uh, working with the yeah. people that you also uh, associate with personally, sure. family and friends and stuff. Has that ever been an issue where Not you had a professional di disagreement or? Nah, it, we're really, really lucky that way. For whatever reason, we just click real well. Like you, we do a lot of weddings specifically, so we get a lot of like second weddings. And we get a lot of family drama. Like you, you see a lot of that stuff, and we're always like. We don't, we're not like anybody else that we know. Not at all. I've yeah. uh, never really had a problem with that. It's actually really nice because we kind of look at each other from across like the aisle or something and we know exactly where we want to go next and stuff. Just kind of in each other's heads. It's really, really good. That's awesome. That's that's rare to find. Congratulations. Uh, Crispy Audio. Oh, no. Sorry. He was asking if there was any other guests. No, it's just Ilian tonight. Uh, we had one other guest. He had family stuff going on. Um, although... Ilian, I mean, if you got another computer laying around and uh, Ms. Z wants to jump on and tell us all your deep, no, dark secrets. She's she's in the middle of doing a whole bunch. Of, well, she's a, I, she's downstairs. She's got to uh, head out actually right away because she's going to be doing a photo shoot. Oh. So she's going out right away in like five minutes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing I also found out is uh, you guys also have cats that don't let you uh, play games and stream without interruptions. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Hey, How buddy. many cats do you have? We have two. This is the main one. He's uh, he's fun. He's really, really fun. I mean, I'll make sure that it's lined back up. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. He's his name's Anyang. We have two of them, and uh, they're real. They're real treat. I I noticed here. I was gonna switch to media view here for a second. Uh, in my stockings, I found a. Uh, a clip of what my cat does uh doing it to miss z here let's see if i can uh get the right media view here i changed a bunch of my overlay stuff so my cat does this too and when my green screen up he gets yeah. mad because he can't do it he like mm -hmm. so he like attacks me through the green screen and then he'll come up on my desk and knock over my water and stuff <laughs> while i'm streaming it's it, yeah it's yeah. a problem well, my cat right now, he's trying to rub against the microphone because I'm not paying enough attention. He's like chewing on the cord. Yeah. Get it out of your mouth, bud. <laughs> but so, yeah, no. Oh, God. That was a stray cat that we took in for a while. Oh, so that was you don't have that one anymore? No, that was a stray cat that was in our... Uh, oh, man. That's like a whole saga. That was a stray... <laughs> it, it was it was nuts, man. We So we took in this stray cat that was in our neighborhood because... Nobody knew who he was, and it was starting to get to be winter, and like we couldn't leave him outside. So he was really friendly, but my other cat hated him. Oh, like, that's the worst. Real bad. Yeah, and she's like, she's rubbing on him here, but she's really allergic to cats, and especially that one she had a lot of trouble with. Okay. So 
we had to lock him specifically in her office to keep him away from the other cats. And so she was like just this sneezy, puffy mess for like three months. And we were trying to find him a home and we couldn't. We had this uh, foster agency that was supposed to find him a new home and they jerked us around. And it was just a, a nightmare the whole time. We finally found him another home and we went to be like, okay, well here we can give him to somebody else. Cause we kept on saying like, we can't keep this cat anymore. Like they got into fights with uh, him and he almost blinded uh, our, cat, our regular cats. So we're like, well, we got to get rid of them. Like, sorry, we just can't introduce them to each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We so we found someone that actually could take them, and we're like, "Hey, look, here's another foster home." And we tried to call this uh, first place that we were working with and be like, "Hey, look, like we we found somebody else that can take care of them until you guys find them a home." And they came and they were like, "No, we're not allowing them to have that. We don't work with anybody else." And they took him back, and they're like. We'll, we'll put him with a bunch of other cats. He'll be fine. We're like, no, he really doesn't get along with other cats. And they're like, no, he'll be fine. And they wouldn't let him stay in this home that we found for him that was perfect. And it was like, okay. And yeah, a month later, we found out that like they were having the same issues we did. So we're like, whatever. Hopefully we, he gets to a good home. So I hope that his story ended up okay. But hmm. yeah, it was yeah. a mess. Wow. That that <laughs> yeah, was... Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's that why we're here. That was a whole here. saga. No, oh my I... goodness. Don't apologize. I want to go down those rabbit holes. That's why we're here. We're getting to know the real Ilian, the backstory, the yeah, dirty, I, the dirty details. That was like three months, or like it was three or six months, something like that. Like it was a while, and it was just hell in our house. Like we couldn't have any of the doors open at the same time because they would just rip each other to shreds. And she was sick all the time from being allergic. It was awful. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to look over. I was pulling up my questions again. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. So uh, I remember the last time I talked to you, uh, you couldn't do the podcast because you had you went on a trip to Vegas. Could yes. you could you elaborate on what that trip was? It was a tournament of some sort or an event or yeah. What? So I used to stream Magic the Gathering. I still do occasionally, but it's a card game. Um, they do a lot of big big tournaments and GP Vegas it's Grand Prix uh, Las Vegas is kind of the biggest tournament they have uh, that's open to the public kind of thing so they get five to eight thousand people or something into a Las Vegas convention center and just pack it and it was mostly just a party (laughs) like I did some tournament stuff but honestly the main reason that I went is I got invited from some wonderful viewers and we all hung out in a house together and uh gambled and drank and partied and went to pools and yeah just did all kinds of cool stuff uh what format did it run i went into the limited format so i do a lot of uh drafts and sealed and things like that that's what i always did so. oh yeah. i by the way i know very little about magic the gathering so james and the audience is going to help me with that part <laughs> I've always wanted to get into it, so maybe maybe we need to talk more, Ilian, so you can like maybe we we can you can coach me a little bit and teach me the ropes. But I, I've always had friends who played it, and I just could never get into it for whatever reason. I've always wanted to though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what's your I, favorite colored deck, Ilian? Uh, honestly, probably like I really really like rock style decks. So I don't know if you would know what that means. Um, the Rock is kind of, it was started by as The Rock and His Millions was the deck that uh, took off of that. So they, there's a lot of joke deck names in Magic, mm-hmm. especially from the old days. And it's kind of like green, black, and white, or blue kind of thing. 
Like that, those tend to be it. So really, really grindy, grindy decks. Yeah. Mm. I, I like making it so that your opponent feels like uh, they can't do anything at all to win. <laughs> <laughs> like that too toss it. Crispy has no chill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. You have to, you have to like squeeze every ounce of hope out of your opponent before you kill them, and that's kind of the best way to play. That's... It's like, oh, I, I was gonna win ten turns ago, but I just wanted to crush you. Yeah, it, it, those kinds of decks. I like decks with a lot of what they call inevitability, right? Where it's like you're going to win. It's just gonna take a really long time, and so you can, because people tend to play. It's actually a little bit of uh, strategy in a way, because people tend to play really badly when they feel like they don't have good options yeah like people mm. do really really bad 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 maneuvers they're like they play awful and they just like are super tilted the whole time and it just it really wrecks them mm-hmm. so. you're a bad bad man alien <laughs> oh yeah no i'm terrible <laughs> so, I, so i won at a, at a tournament last year not this year but i did a lot more tournaments last year i was across from uh, a team of pros actually it was a, all a bunch of because there's a, a whole pro tour and everything on magic and it was a team GP, uh, so it was like you have three players on each team, and it's decided by who wins the most matches on your team. And we were sitting down, it was a for fun thing after we'd lost the main event, but there was another uh, professional team that we were up against. And I felt so good because I had one of the people that I came with that wasn't on my team but stopped by afterwards, and they were like, oh my god, how did you do that to him? I've never seen somebody <laughs> that was that tilted. And what it was is I looked at my hand and I had like four cards in it. And I'm like, well, this will kill their thing. I'm like, they have like a big creature in play and I'm pretty sure that they're going to try and do this to it. So I can kill their creature with this card and then I can play this big creature. And I know they're going to try and kill that with, I'm pretty sure they have another spell in their hand. So they're going to try and kill it, but I can leave up this to stop it. And I'm like, and then I can follow it up by like making them discard their last cards, something like that. And I, so I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know every move they're going to make for the next two turns. And what I did is I took all four cards in my hand and I put them face down on the table in the order that I wanted to play them and then move my hands off the table and I just go, your turn. And they go, okay. And they're like- <laughs> That's some maverick oh, shit. <laughs> they go to kill They go to kill my creature, like I said, and I just like flip over the first card. And then like, they did everything that I said they were going to do like in my head. And just, I, all I did every single time they did it was immediately just flip over the card. And they were just like, by the end of it, they were sitting there with their head in their hands, just like, oh my God, what do I do? And then they just started playing horribly. <laughs> like they just did, at the end of the game, they turned to look at their friend there and I'm sorry, man. I threw everything that I possibly could that game. I've never played so bad in my life. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I made this person so mad. Yeah, Ilya, <laughs> I thought I thought you were Canadian, man. That's not very... Yeah. Uh... Where'd that come from? That's did you, did very... you apologize afterward, at least? Oh, no, not at all. I felt so good <laughs> crushing him. <laughs> I absolutely destroyed that man, and it felt so good. That's I, awesome. I, I've never dunked somebody so hard in the game. It felt amazing. It, those moments are great, though. I mean, like... I didn't. I don't think that he was actually uh, upset. Upset afterwards, like I don't want anybody to feel bad, bad, right? But like in the game, you're like, I'll do what I can to win, right? Yeah. Like no, that's. I mean, that's... they knew too. Like he he laughed afterwards. I was, he's like, man, I played so bad. I'm like, yeah, I kind of kind of game Joe now. He goes, oh, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's like it's a game. We try that... <laughs> Ninja Brandman says that hurts my soul. So <laughs> hey James, real quick, do you remember? When uh, I posted that video of me hanging out with my friends at that LAN party and you're like, whoa, yep. seeing you from a different angle is weird. That doesn't look like you at all. 
I yes. found a picture of Ilian and I looked at it and I was like, that does not look like him at all. So I'm gonna pull that up with the media view. Well, I have a I have a lot of pictures that don't look like me at all. Right here, who's this guy? stuff. I don't recognize this guy at all. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. My hair is awful there. I need to get it done. I'm still uh, I've still got the blue mohawk, but it's like really long. I'm going on Friday to get it. But up. it's like a weird side view so it's like it doesn't i'm yep. used to seeing your face like on mm. camera straight ahead all the time so like seeing a different angle just like I, it does not look like you at all oh yeah i, I mean, like i said i can show you some cosplay photos and stuff that'll <laughs> really blow your mind like it'll be weird i look at some of them and i'm like that's not me yeah, any, anything you want me to show, you can just send through Discord. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, I, I can show you. Uh, I did. I don't know if you saw my Apocalypse photo shoot. I did a photo shoot as uh, like Mad Max style Apocalypse Raider kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I did. I saw the, some of the pictures on Twitter. I should have pulled one of those up. While you're pulling yeah, up your pictures, like, I, I wanted to switch gears and ask you a couple other questions. Of course. So obviously yeah. you've been into Magic the Gathering a long time. And the oldest videos that I could find on Twitch were Magic the Gathering uh, mm -hmm. related. So is that kind of what got you into Twitch? Like what yeah. was it? How did that whole thing start? Were you already doing Magic and then you started doing Twitch or? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I started doing Magic 25 years ago. Like mm. I started right when Magic started, basically. Oh wow! Um, I, I was a small kid. Like I, I'm not quite that old. I was really, I was really, really little when I was buying them. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was, you know, I saw like packs and I had, uh, I had some money that my parents gave me, and I bought a couple at the grocery store. Actually, <laughs> the local grocery store for some reason had them behind glass, uh, like with the cigarettes, and I went and bought some of these. Little little Cam walked up and gave them some some money for some packs and I just started messing around with the cards and yeah, just had a long love of magic. So I started streaming because of that. Mostly like my local store, I just kind of, it kind of faded, like my local scene faded a little bit and there was an online client. So I started doing that. And then I heard about Twitch, went over there. Uh, yeah, I had a, a different channel originally. So I went, been streaming for like five years. I started streaming and the first day that I streamed, I got like 120 viewers. Oh, wow. And yeah. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then I promptly, I streamed like two more times and then didn't stream for six months. And I regret it so much because I could have done so much more with it. But I was oh, like, yeah, eh, whatever. It yeah, happens. Same here. Like back in the day of like livestream.t or livestream.com or Justin TV, like I, I, I dipped my toe in it multiple times in the past and I never like, fully you know went for it because i would like mm -hmm. the technical difficulties and you know it was yeah. like back then you're using like x split and trying to make all this shit work and i was like i don't know i just was like at the time didn't have the motivation to figure it all out so that's oh I, yeah man like i like at the time things like alerts were new like getting like follow alerts and stuff it's like yeah. hey man you can do this thing now where you can show if somebody follows your channel and it's right. like oh cool like all that stuff was brand new yeah you had to do so much like uh obs didn't actually allow you to play video inside of it right like you, you couldn't play a video on it well and there was to, like, no now you can just add a browser source and stuff yep. like it's all yeah. plug and play now and like back like that back then you basically had to kind of figure it all out yourself yeah that's exactly what it was yeah it was it was the wild west uh, at the start of it so and I, I started watching because i knew somebody who was streaming on justin tv and he kind of got me into twitch because uh 
he's a really cool dude and I, I like watching his stuff so eventually I started a little bit myself yeah yeah for me what made finally made me pull the trigger was uh cobalt streak I used to watch that guy on a regular basis and uh eventually I was like I think I could do this <laughs> Way too that dude is way too good at Isaac. Like he's just oh, way too right. Good at Isaac. My like I I liked playing Isaac, but like I'll admit I'm not very good at Isaac, and that dude is way too good at Isaac. Like it bothers me. He just break. He can break the game every run. He can just like mm-hmm. play any mm-hmm. character and just like win the game and break it and just have an OP build by the end, just because he knows the mechanics of and the items so well. And he's getting yep. to that point now with Gungeon. Like he's. Now, after the Gungeon expansion came out, he just kept going. Like he's like, I'm not gonna play it till the expansion comes out, and there's more like synergies and ways to break the game. And now he's just like really going for it. So I still, I still peek on him occasionally. I don't watch him as much as I used to, but that guy's always been really entertaining. And oh my god, like Gungeon is rough. Like yeah. I don't know, have you played Gungeon? <laughs> yes, it's I a hard know. game. I, I that game is hard. Yeah. It is hard that game's just cruel like it, it's it's almost to a point where it, it really needs to be t- toned down a little bit that game is rough. well have you played since the expansion because they did add a lot of stuff to balance it out and tone it down a little bit yeah i know they did a bit of that i i've saw the changes and i watched a lot of cha- people streaming it but i haven't actually done it myself so it's still hard, it's still it's but, still hard but it's so satisfying <laughs> yeah remember, that's true i remember i opened a chest and i was like is that a piece of wood and I was like, it is a piece of wood. How is this a gun? You hold, you fire it, the piece of wood gets longer, and then you just <laughs> whack stuff with it. And I was like, this is great. Like, this isn't even a gun, but it still works like a gun. So then I found the rubber bullets, the one that bounce, that ricochets off walls. Now when you expand it, if it hits a, a surface, it comes off at an angle. So in tight corridors, now it's like a zigzag of wood just swacking around. And then you get other like bullet synergies, and now you have a piece of wood that's like electrified, bouncing off everything. It like poisons stuff, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, and that yeah, was like, the good stuff. Well, and there's so many throwbacks to so many games and genres, and you know, just like they have so many guns from different, you know. Uh, one of my favorites is the uh, they have one of the guns is just a D pad. Oh yeah, and there's different yeah. there's different combinations. Like you can do a Hadouken and it shoots like a big fireball. You can do a like a, a forward forward shoot does like a hook. Like it, it has all these different moves from different fighting games with the D pad that you can do to shoot specific bullets and stuff. Like just so much so much detail. It's crazy. Yeah, no, like the, it's a that's where it's good. It's good where they like, they do a lot of like callbacks and a lot of really interesting kind of you know puns and jokes and, mm-hmm. and homages with all the the guns and stuff like that's the that's the fun part of the game for me mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so, like if, when you pick up the rad gun and you shoot it and when you reload and you hit you time like <laughs> cool radical rad cool awesome all right dude yeah that it's pretty good so you started with magic the gathering and then i kind of went through Scrolling up from the bottom on your videos, uh, I noticed some you you dabbled with some other stuff like Soma, Jackbox Party, uh, Doki Doki Liter- Literary Club. My community tried to get me to play literary. that game. Uh, liter, I I typed literary. Yeah, sure. it's literature. literature. I know. Yeah. My bad. 
my community tried to get me to play that a couple of times and I never did. <laughs> Layers of Fear. And then somewhere in there you hit on Dead Cells. So that's kind of where I wanted to uh, yeah. talk about a little bit. How did you find Dead Cells and what was it about that game that was just like – for me, mechanically, the game is perfect. As a side-scroller, just like how good it feels to dodge and attack and block and counter and all that stuff, I love that about the game. But you, you're, did you start off thinking, I'm going to be a speedrunner for this game, or did you just start playing the game and kept going? Yeah, no, it just kind of kept going until I completed basically everything that I could about the game, and I really liked the movement and the combat in it. 2D combat is something that a lot of games struggle with. Right. Uh, they're pretty bad at normally. There, there's some exceptions. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of roguelikes, and I like a lot of 2D platformers and indie games and stuff like that. Me so too. I do a lot of those on my channel. Um, yeah. And Hollow Knight was one of the ones, like, was one of my favorite games that year, uh, 2017, right? So right. I, I started playing Dead Cells because people recommended it to me. And then as I kind of just went through, I, I beat everything that I needed to beat. And I was like, well, I kind of want to do more things to it. So I saw, I don't know a lot of speedrunners. Like I said, the guy that kind of got me into speed, like into streaming in the first place, really moved quite a while back from magic into speedrunning. So I know a lot of people in the speedrun community. And I was like, you know what? I've never really done a lot of speedrunning. I should try a little bit here. And I just started doing it. So yeah, just kind of became my thing for a little while. I got out of it for quite some time because of the fact that the game kept updating, right? Like, right. <laughs> it was fun to run, but then at the same time, you would be like, yeah, like, w one time I got, uh, I'd been desperately, desperately trying to get down to less than 13 minutes, I think it was, or, or below 12 minutes or something. And I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta get below it. And then I finally posted the time, and I'm like, yes, I did it. I fucking beat 12 minute times like oh my god this is insane i beat the game that fast i'm like 30 seconds off world record and the guy that has world record is insane so i'm like this is incredible less than 24 hours they updated it and wiped all of the uh... speed runs but because like they they put the devs put through an update so like it's not relevant anymore right they changed where the end boss was and, like everything changed and i was like i worked on this for like two months <laughs> That's game. early like, access, though, man. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, exactly. And I was like, you know, I can't be mad at it. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at the devs or anything, but I was like, I need to, I need to not do this until it's done. And so I've waited until it's for release. So I, I just started speedrunning it again once it came out. So I started doing that recently. I just PB'd last night. Yeah, actually. I, I was gonna ask you that because I, I yeah. raided you last night, and right, right after, like, I showed up, uh, you got your personal best. Yeah, yeah. So that's second place in the world again. So I've I've reassumed my rightful throne behind the guy that's way too good at the game. <laughs> second place. So how far ahead? Just just to give us an idea how good he is. You're in second place. How many seconds off are you from first place? Over three minutes. On a on a on a sixteen. What? Yeah. No. 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 My time is sixteen forty nine. His time is thirteen thirty. How in the. F like it used to be when I got within like 30 seconds of him, that was insane. And I was basically, it was like, that was the closest by far that I got to him. Normally I was about a minute or two behind him. And when it used to be is it was like, he was at like 1030. I made it to like 1130. And then the next times were at like 14 or 15 minutes. So he is on another level. Uh, he does, he's been speedrunning it for like a year plus now though, right? Like he never stopped. He just kept on like looking for new tech all the time. So he's a really cool dude and very, very awesome for the speedrunning community. So 
Last question on that then, uh, because it's relevant, and I've had this conversation with a few people. Um, it is a roguelite, so there's random generation. How yeah. much does that actually play into your time? Because it it seems like how do you speed run a game when it's different every time? I know a lot of things are generally the same, and you get used to the patterns, but like. Yeah. Will there ever be, for example, there's another game that just came out recently called Chasm, and in that one, mm-hmm. you can actually uh, plug in a seed to get the same map every time? Yes. And is, do you think there, that'll ever happen with uh, Dead Cells? And if, if it does, will it be two separate categories? Like, how does that work when yeah, it no, comes it, to... There's our, there already is. There has oh, been okay. for uh, almost a year. Okay. There's, there's an any percent and then an any percent seeded is what oh, it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you can practice a certain seed over and over. For me, uh, I really one of the things that discouraged me from speedrunning for a long time is that I didn't want to like. You get to a point with some of the speedrunners that I know where it's like they memorize every button press of the game. Right. Like, it's like you know, I tap right three times and then Y twice and then B and then I go right, right, right and then Y and then B and like you do like a certain pattern so much that it's it's formulaic almost. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that i want to try and adjust on the fly so i really like that about the dead cells speed run that makes um, sense it rng is huge in the game though like you're right it, it does mean that you know sometimes there's there's run killer rooms like there's an area called clock tower where you have to go up and you have to try and find a key and then an exit and it's like you'll have a nine minute time and you're like oh my god like i'm gonna be two minutes below my time and then you go up four towers and you don't find the key or the exit and you're like okay, well, I guess I'll just uh, restart. <laughs> like, it, You can certainly do that. It doesn't matter how well you do sometimes. You're just going to get screwed by the RNG. Right. And I, I'm used to that. And I I think that it makes a better racing game than necessarily like a straight speedrunning game for what most people think of. Like, I think that it's a really fun game to get somebody else who speedruns it and see who can go faster, right? Like both do it at the same time. So do a lot of races. Because that's more interesting, at least in my opinion. Because then it's like everybody has to adjust on the fly, yeah. and you're both you both have the same RNG, and it's interesting because you always have to like your strategy is constantly evolving. Every time that you enter a room, you're always like, okay, well this time I actually have this much in my stats, so I don't have to go to these areas to try and get more, so I can just go straight to the exit. Or do I want to get even more stats because then I'm going to be even faster killing the bosses if I'm higher statted? So you have to like make all these on-the-fly adjustments. Yeah, plus and, like, like, doing that against the opponent is kind of fun, right? Knowing so. when to restart becomes part of the strategy too, right? Like I, I remember when uh, Cobalt, uh, he used to be – him and uh, another guy used to run a uh, – they, they called it Balls uh, balls of Steel. And it yeah, was a speedrunning yeah. tournament that they did for uh, Binding of Isaac. But the inter- that's that's just as random, if not even more random. And so yes. a lot of times yeah. at the beginning of – like they'd have four people on screen and they all start at the beginning and they're trying to speedrun the game. And the first couple minutes is just all of them restarting basically until they get like a seed <laughs> where they get the items that they want in the initial like rooms so that they yeah. ha- so that they can have a potentially good run. And the same thing is kind of true – Right, like, because there's a specific shield that you want to dash with, and there's kind of certain like things and patterns you look for and stuff. So, like, 
Is there a certain like when when do you say oh time to restart? Do you have to get that shield? You Is- have to get the shield. Okay. Yeah, we we do. So when we do races of it, when we were doing races, we all started from the same seed. So we would like find a, a seed that worked. Like we would look uh, through the first level and make sure that the items were right, and then we would all race that, not looking ahead after the first level. Because the first level, if you're a speedrunner, takes you a lot of times less than a minute. So it's like, well, it's the first minute of like a 20-minute run kind of thing when you're doing a race. So it's right. not a big deal to just look at that first minute and make sure that you actually have the setup. Because it's not as interesting, at least to me, the movement is a lot harder and it's not as fast if you don't have the shield. Because the shield is just like all of your speed tech. It's mm-hmm. the only way that you can go really, really fast in the game. It gives you that extra free dash, basically. Yeah, well, and and not only that, but you do like a dash cancel kind of thing. So basically, you have a dodge roll normally in the game, and when you you can like roll your thumb between both dashing and dodge rolling, and you uh, can cancel your yeah, okay, you cancel your dash into a dodge roll, and what it does is it combines both of them, and it does both of them at the same time. So you go further and, every time. Yeah, you go really far, like further. It, it was originally a bug. They eventually saw it and decided, actually, that's kind of cool, and we'll just leave it in the game. And they changed it a little bit and, and made it uh, more compatible with the game. Okay, but it was a bug originally, and they they decided to actually just keep it. But yeah, it combines both of them, so it's really powerful because it also means like the shield parries and like the dodge roll obviously makes you invulnerable to a lot of damage. And when you you get like extra distance on both of those and extra time in both of those, so you can like parry stuff back from an insane distance, and you can like roll through things that you really shouldn't. And it just lets you do like a lot of really weird movements that you're kind of not supposed to do, and yeah. just without the shield would be way less interesting and way less fast and not not nearly as fun for me at least. Makes sense. I, I basically just can't play without the shield now. Like even when I'm doing <laughs> casual runs, I'm like, I'm resetting until I get the shield. Just so you know, like I can't. The game feels so slow without without it. Like, the shield. You like even yeah, even when you do a like, normal like, run, you're like, where's my fucking shield, man? <laughs> oh yeah, like I look for it so hard. I'll do anything for the shield. It's miserable to play without it. Like I hate it. I take so much damage because I don't know how to move anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I can't dodge anything. I can't do anything. In this damn game. How do people play? Yeah, it feels so slow. It's so- incredible. I have the uh, the I, I pulled up that link. This is your cosplay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the most recent one. That's the post-apocalyptic one. And that yeah, so like it look a little different than I do now, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like the hair though. What what what's your hair look like right now? Well, right now it, it's still like that. It's just it hasn't been cleaned up and re-dyed and stuff. So it's like it's all flat and nasty. It needs to be recolored. I'm getting that done Friday, so. So how many different uh, hats like that do you have? I noticed you had just that one. I have this one. I have had it for about seven years. I went to Vegas with my now wife uh, about like a month or so into our relationship. We were kind of crazy. And (laughs) I found a hat shop in Vegas that I got this at. And it was the only one of these hats that has ever looked good on me. And I, I don't know what I'd do if I have a break or lose it. Like, it's actually, like, busted in the middle and stuff. Like, it's starting to fall apart, and I'm so sad. It's like your I, trademark look. You better find another one, man. Yeah, no, it, it is absolutely my trademark look. I even have uh, one of my sub icons is, like, got a little hat on the pickles. So, yeah, no, it's it's something that's been with me for a long time, and I wear it probably 300-some days out of the year. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it, it feels real weird to almost have it gone because, like, it's destroyed almost. Yeah. I need to get one. 
but yeah, I can't find, I can't find a pattern like these hats for whatever reason, I wear any other pattern of them and they don't look the same. <laughs> they look really awful. You're, you're comfy. So, you found your, you found your home. It's your place you want. Yeah. It, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when it, it's destroyed. So I'm looking into the future and I'm, I'm terrified. So moving forward, a uh, couple yeah. more questions for you. Um, uh, Eternal. When did yeah. that, when did, did you just see that one day and you're like, Oh, this looks cool. Cause a lot of people have said it's similar to magic, the gathering. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's got some, a lot of similarities, like any card game kind of does and anything that's a card game owes a lot to magic because it came out 25 some years ago and yeah. nobody expect at the time, the, the guy that made it was like, he didn't expect it to be a trading card game. He was just like, Oh, people will buy one pack and then they'll just play it like that. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was that like, sounds oh, insane like, now because I know how much money people spend on packs. Yeah, no, he was like, oh, like people will buy one or two packs. Like they'll make like a, a deck. They'll just buy enough to make one deck and then that'll be their thing and they'll just kind of jam with it. And never thought like, oh, somebody's going to spend like $100 buying a ton of packs to make exactly the deck they want out of all the cards they want. He was like, why would you do that? Like they didn't understand what they were making at all. So they, they kind of pioneered that whole genre, right? Like right. everything owes a ton to magic. Um, so Eternal is made by a bunch of magic pros too. Like okay. it's a bunch of um, Hall of Fame magic professionals who've done the game for 20, 25 years kind yeah. of thing. And so they're all design game designers and stuff now. Like that that seems to kind of be the life cycle of magic pros because there's a bit of money in it, but like you're not gonna get rich, right? right. So there's two ways that they go. There's a bunch of them that become poker pros. And then there's a bunch of them that have become game designers. So you kind of either do one or the other. When you see like these really, really famous magic players, they yeah. either become a poker pro or they become a game designer. So like uh, there's a guy named Eric Froelich who still plays magic all the time. And uh, he's a Hall of Famer. And he's, he just won his second World Series of Poker Bracelet. Like that, that's the kind of thing that you get with, with those guys. They tend to be really, really good. Another one named David Williams is uh, very famous. So like they kind of become poker pros or game designers. Anyways, all these game designer types formed together and they started making like some board games and they did Elder Scrolls Legends as well. Like okay. they designed that. It's the same company that did Elder Scrolls Legends for Bethesda. And then they decided, hey, why don't we make our own card games? So they made Eternal. And it's kind of like Magic, but it's like if Magic has a big problem in that it's 25 years old and it shows it. So right. it's, yeah. and it was, it's made without the idea of there being online play of there being like digital games. Like they're like, what's a digital game? Like it was made in 94, right? Like it's crazy. So you're like 93, 94 is when this game came out. They had no idea about like, people are going to want to play this on computers. Right. And so a lot of the mechanics are like almost impossible to port over. And so basically they were like, okay, let's scrap all of that stuff. What if we were to make a game that's kind of like that, that follows some of the principles, but is modern. And so it can actually be like, done properly right like it can be done in a digital mm -hmm. setting and it's just a really cool game that way so i started that like a year and a half ago uh the same guy that i keep talking about who kind of got me into streaming uh told me like he moved from magic to eternal and then he stopped doing eternal and started speed running more and more and more and uh yeah he he brought me into eternal a little bit so mm -hmm. his name is boix you might know him because he did the pepsi man speed run at agdq oh yeah yeah oh yeah, he's a he's a the, really funny guy. He's really awesome. The Pepsi Man speedrun is always a crowd favorite. It's so ridiculous. 
Oh yeah, he's and he's got like amazing commentary over it. Like oh, yeah. uh, the joke that always killed me on his first one was like the final level is in Pepsi City, and so it's just, like Pepsi cans everywhere, like right. billboards. And he's going, he's like, this is the fastest APM you'll see all AGDQ. And everybody's looking at him because like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, APM, right? Yeah. Actions, Actions per minute. Faster. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so like how fast you're hitting keys. And it's like, this is like a temple runner game. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, ads per minute. Oh, it's, like, oh. <laughs> it's all God. like, he just like, just a perfect groan. Like, it's just like this, uh... it's like this heavy pause of everybody like staring at him. Like he's a crazy person. And he goes, what ads per minute. And it's like, Oh God, you suck, dude. But like, he's, really really good for those kinds of things he's that's funny. hilarious so yeah, no, and then great. on your channel you do a uh you were explaining to me you do a sub thing right where you uh your subs get to like pick decks and then you basically play those decks until you lose type thing yeah i do um i i do a tournament of power at the end of the month where what we do is every subs send me decks all month and i just kind of mess around with them and play with them and a lot of the times people don't have the card collection that I do because they can't play for 40 hours a week. So you're <laughs> like, they, they play their deck, like their ideal decks, they'll give them to you because you actually have the cards to make it. So they like vicariously live through you deck wise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I get like all these wacky, weird kind of things and like bad ideas and things <laughs> they don't want to actually play themselves. And I, I try and run them through. And then at the end of the month, I take all of the decks that everybody's given me and I roll randomly and I pick like a deck at random and then play it. And if it loses, then I delete it. And we do that until there's only one deck left. It takes like uh, any, I used to do it for non-subs and I stopped that because the last time that I did it for non-subs, the stream took me like, I finally quit and did it again the next day, but it was something like 30 hours of streaming to go through all the oh, decks. Wow. So I was like, yeah, no, screw that. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I mean, I yeah, like committed. Yeah, like even now it takes me like eight to ten hours generally to go through every deck wow. that everybody sent me yeah. to have them eliminate. Well, because sometimes they'll send in a good deck and then it starts winning, and that's the worst thing ever. Because like I want to sleep, like I need, <laughs> like, I need to lose so that this deck gets eliminated. Otherwise, I can't sleep. So I get stuck in these horrible feedback loops. And I'm like, all I want to do is lose. And then you but, lose yeah. on purpose, and they call you out. Well, yeah, like, I don't want to do that. So you, you, I do I do give a prize to people. Like, it's not anything huge, but I try and give them, like, a little bit of uh, channel merch or something like that. So, yeah, I, I try and have a lot of fun with it. I also, uh, I, I don't do too much of it because, you know, TOS and stuff, you can't get super drunk or anything. But, like, I always, it's such what? a non-serious event that uh, what I do is I'm, like, I, I say, I'm, like, it's, there's a handicap. There's a natural handicap. Uh, like where uh, like the start of the decks i mean obviously if you roll your deck early you're more likely to be eliminated and i'm like so the way that we even that out is that as the night goes on i'll get slowly drunker so you know that if your deck dodges bullets early on don't worry because uh i'm gonna be probably a little bit deep into my cups by the time i get to yours yeah very nice on the the drinking though yeah <laughs> i like i said i try to i don't get like you, you just got to be careful there's nothing wrong with drinking on twitch you just can't drink excessively right yeah, sure. I'm not a partner, so I'm just like, <laughs> oh, it's well, it's only like they call it self harm, right? You right. can't get like blackout drunk. I don't do anything like that. No, I'm always yeah, like yeah. a little bit careful when I mention it because I'm like, if you say like I'm drinking for subs, they very specifically. Oh yeah, no. Um, I was yeah, I was on on the yeah exactly. I'm on. I'm like on the early days of Twitch, and I was used to there was a lot of people that would be like shots for subs, and they were just like every single time that somebody would sub, they would do a shot, and like people were 
pretty much just dying on stream. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. The, the only so, thing the only thing we do is on Thursdays we have a mm-hmm. thing we we do a Thursday Thursday stream and it's kind of expected that like if you're gonna join it we play multiplayer games and people get in voice chat and it's kind of like yeah we're all yeah, drinking you know lobby. like yeah yeah, yeah. But, but but there's nothing wrong with that yeah no I and like I said I have no problem with it it's just it's one of those things where I'm like because I'm old school I'm a little bit used to, like I hear subs and I hear drinking and I go but not like shots for subs or anything don't ban me Twitch <laughs> they, they're really against that yeah. It was bad. There was a time when, like, I saw a lot of people that would, like, they would get so far gone that you were like, oh, my God, turn off your stream, please. Like, you're going to hurt yourself. And that's yep. what they saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think those are all of the uh, gaming and personal questions. I, I have a couple more general questions, and then we'll take a short uh, couple-minute break. We'll do Sheaf's Beef, and then we'll do a couple uh, topics after that. Are you still good time-wise? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. This is my full time jig, so I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh, One of them. So, um, you're a partner now. Yeah. Was that a conscious goal on your part, or did that happen pretty naturally? Were there any like challenges you faced? You're only the second partner we've ever had on the podcast, so mm-hmm. like, I kind of wanted to find out like, um. Were there any specific hurdles or like because you kind of came in early enough and you had your magic community like did did it was it a pretty natural transition or did you have to work for it you know it was a conscious goal and I had to work for it in an incredible way uh I've been on Twitch for about 5 6 years and I've been a partner for less than 2 mm-hmm. so uh I was full time the in, pretty much the entire time I don't think I've ever done less than like if you look at like a monthly average, I've probably never done less than 20, 25 hours a week. Um, yeah, it, it's rough. <laughs> it, it's a lot of work. I managed to eventually, it was just connections that got me there. Cause I probably applied for partner about like 30, 35 times before I got accepted. Wow. Um, I've never. <laughs> yeah. I, well, there was a long time where I was in magic and I would show them screenshots. I would apply every two weeks. Because I would send them a screenshot and be like, well, here's the dozen uh, to two dozen partners that are all below me on the Magic channel yeah. for viewers. And I would just yeah. show them screenshots over and over and over. I'm like, here's every single day that I've streamed. Here's all of the partners below me. There was about like, like I said, normally about a dozen of them at the time. Yeah. And it, it took me about two years of doing that to actually get accepted. Wow. So I, they have like their own criteria and stuff. And mm. it's it was... Before they started doing the path to partnership things, yeah, I was going to say, what do you think about the whole achievement thing? That's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to give people an idea because it was really weird to show them like, okay, I'm gaining 150 followers like every two weeks. This other person that I know that just got partner has half of my followers currently, half of my views, and also gets like 50 followers a week. Can I maybe get partner? And then they'd be like sorry, we don't do that. And you're like, well, what, what do I need to do? And they'd be like, we don't discuss that. And you're like, it's like, you got to know someone I, on Twitch staff. Like what is happening then? Like, how do you get there? So it was, it's nice that it's more clear for people now because the path needs to be uh, better and clearer and like just less frustrating for people because it was hard to see a lot of other people go really, really uh, far into partnership and like, 
it just like it's disheartening, right? When you're getting dis- when you're getting rejected all the time like that. Yeah, when but, you're putting in all that effort and you yep. see other people who are like, yeah, whatever, and they get partnered. Yeah, it, it, like that's always kind of just a little bit of a you know hard thing to swallow when you're putting a ton of work and you know effort into it. I know a lot of people like streaming is their passion and it's uh, what they want to do. Like content creation is. Mm-hmm. kind of kind of their life's goal what they value and what they try and do and they put a lot of their worth into it i know i did so it was like really disheartening for them to always say like well it's not good enough when i'm like well but it looks like it's good enough why isn't it good enough can you tell me and they're like, no you're like like anything i can change can you give me a hint and they're like nope just keep applying at some point yeah like, just, okay. just keep trying buddy you'll get there yeah. someday yeah that, that's that's frustrating it's like you don't want anybody else to have to really go through like it's better to just have it where it's out in the open. I never got like super into the drama side of things, but I knew a lot of people that went through similar things where it would take them years and years to get partner and they were really big channels. So it didn't quite make sense why they weren't getting partnership. And it was, became like a big political thing where it was like a public fight with Twitch kind of thing where it's like, they they had like some beef with some Twitch chat staff or something or like, you know, and they're like, you got to start wondering that you're like, does somebody not like me over there? Like what's going on? And yeah, it's just not something that you want to have. It's better when things are clear. So everybody doesn't feel like they're, you know, being persecuted in some particular way. I never felt exactly like that. I didn't, I just didn't understand why I wasn't allowed. Right. Mm-hmm. I just don't yeah, want to remember. I remember the, like the whole joke was like, Oh, if you want to get partner, you got to know someone in staff and then they'll get the, like basically mm-hmm. push you through. So if you don't know anybody, you're kind of not going to get it. Yeah. And I, I think that that was at least partially true. Like, I mean, a lot of it is who, you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've, like once I got partnered, one of the main reasons why I got partnered, I'd had more viewership before uh, than when I actually got partnered, but I, I started having connections enough where I was, they were like, they vouched for me and said, make him partner, please. And mm-hmm. that really helps push it through. Right. Yeah. But it, it's better when it's clear to everybody what that takes so it, it's just so much nicer to have that kind of thing. Yeah. Clarity is really nice. Better for everyone. Yeah, transparency definitely helps because then people will be like, oh, well, I'm never going to be that, so I'm not going to try. Or other people are like, oh, I'll get there. Give me a year. You know, like it, uh, when you have an actual goal to strive for, it yeah. like can help you make those decisions and be like, okay, this mm-hmm. is that's what I need to do. This is how I'm going to get there. It helps. Yeah, I think I think it, it helps for me personally. I when I can just see the the path. So, yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's nice too because then people know how much of their time and effort to invest in it, right? Like right. you're looking at it and you go, "Well, I've got like 30 viewers a, a, a stream. Like, man, should I try for partner?" And like at back then, it was like, I don't know, maybe because it was just whatever you have. And so you <laughs> yeah. kind of be like, I, I guess I'll try for partner. And so some of those people are like dropping all this time and effort and money into it. And then like, they were never going to make it right. And they had no idea. And so it's one of those things where actually having an idea and a plan and going like, Oh, okay. Well, if I get to this level, I can start looking at it. it makes it just so much better for everybody involved. Sure. It stops so much bad feelings and it lets people plan their lives better. And this is a much better way of doing things. Yeah. Makes sense. All right, got a couple more. Uh, yep. I don't hear you uh, use a lot of profanity, but one of the questions I like to ask people is, what is your favorite curse word? 
Yeah, I heard you talk about that. Uh, I use a lot of profanity. <laughs> Everybody always says this. They're like, you don't use a lot of profanity. And I'm like, do you watch my stream? Like every time that I like, drop a speed run, it's just like, motherfucking son of a bitch. Like I, I'll absolutely swear. Um, honestly, if you're going to like best profanity, you got to go with something that's like just totally nonsensical. You got to go like shit mongler or something. Like, <laughs> nice. You got you to gotta find something that's just absolute, just... Wait, what? what off did you off the me? beaten path, something that's yeah. uh, just catches people off guard a little bit. Yeah, it's like, what does that even mean? It's like, I don't know, but you are one. There you and go. There, there's that. something to that too, because like I feel like you know you can say fuck, and everyone you know that it it I almost feel like fuck has become so used that it's not as effective. Every once in a while, like I'll do something, I'll be like, oh farts, and be like, wait, what? Like, like farts almost gets more attention because it's not something that you would normally say. It's it's weird. Cock gobbler, Lady Navio coming in the chat. <laughs> yeah, I'll always do like the the heckin' goofed it and stuff because it's just like people are like, wait, what? What did you say? Because it's just so much better than actually swearing now. Yeah, because people just like they already know, right? So it's just better to. Sometimes it's more impactful to do something different. Um, Ooh, the gifts of to Lady Navio. Nice. That, that was a tier, tier three. three. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. What is something that you are not good at? Oh, so many things. Math. <laughs> Have you ever you ever watched me try and like kill somebody in a card game, and I'm like trying to count up how much it takes to kill them? No, I, like in all seriousness, though, uh, probably I'm just sometimes I think that I'm a little too passionate about certain topics. Like I get onto something, and I'm like I. I go hard into the paint. I like the things that I like and I, you know, I can get a little bit overbearing on them, but I, you know, passion is one of those things that it's both a good thing and it's a double-edged sword because you can be a little too passionate about things. I think I'm like that sometimes. Yeah. No. Real talk. That, no, I, the real, the yeah. real talk is important. Yeah. And this one I didn't ask last time, but knowing I, if you specifically, I'm curious mm-hmm. with this question, uh, room, desk and car. What order do you clean them in? Oh, car last. Uh, <laughs> probably desk, room, then car. Definitely, yeah. Desk, room, car would be what it is. Car, I don't, I don't use my car like at all. I try not to drive. I just don't really go out. <laughs> this is, I'm like, I'm one of those people. My house is actually really clean. I, I've got a really, really nice clean house. I do a pretty good job of that, mostly because my wife would uh, would kill me if I didn't. She's really, she's. <laughs> She's really clean. Like, I'd like to think that I'm moderately clean, but I know that, like, so I'm bad for mess, but not dirtiness, if you know what I mean. Like, clutter. Like, I'll have, like, papers everywhere, but I won't have, like, any dirty dishes or something like that. I don't leave anything up that's nasty. No, yeah. So it's like, I'll I'll tend to have, like... right away. Yeah. And so I was... But, like, she does both of them. Like, she has every area of the house that's hers is immaculate. So she like guilts me into making sure that mine's a yeah, little bit everything has probably. its place and it's in that place. And you're like, it's not a mess. I know where everything is. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's listen, it's my office. It's not that bad. Like, sure. I've got like a few video games that are out in various states of disarray, but I know where they are this way. It's fine. And yeah, I, I'm kind of bad that way, but generally like, you know, like I said, no, no dirty dishes and things like that kind of sitting around getting mold. So you you said uh, desk room car so de- yeah desk I'm I'm imagine as a streamer and as a content creator you probably spend a lot of time at your desk it's probably or stays pretty organized 
Well, the, yeah, the other thing with my desk is that it's not just as a streamer and content creator. I work, uh, like, my stream is probably about 40 hours a week of, like, so probably 30 hours a week of stream time and, like, another 15 to 20 of, like, other stuff, like recording YouTube videos or social media stuff. Like, Yeah, people designing. don't realize how much time that stuff takes. Oh, yeah, no, like, it... It, honestly, if I could support myself entirely on streaming, I would probably double that. I'd probably be doing like 30, 30. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't stream anymore, but I'd do like an extra 15 hours of like just designing new things to do on the stream yeah. and like ways, new like events, things like that yeah. all the time. There's yeah. so much that you could always be innovating with. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing. And then I also do, though, like 25 hours a week or so of work on my desk doing photo editing. So, like, I'm on my desk 60 hours a week. Wow. And it's, yeah. So, my desk is, this is my home. <laughs> I, I get up <laughs> I get up at, like, anywhere from, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I go to bed at about, like, 3 or 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Yeah. Basically, I have maybe an hour or two away from the desk. Jeez. Like, so that's it. Yeah, no, my, and my desk gets you dirty. You need to sleep, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's, it, oh, it's rough, man. In the summer, it's miserable. I, I sleep, like, most of the time, I will sleep an average of anywhere between, like, uh, I'm moving around on my desk here. Uh, I, I probably sleep, like, five and a half, six hours a night average at most. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty close to what I do as well. I'm, I, I'm anywhere from four to six. Yeah, so it's not it's not great. I'm tired. <laughs> no, <all> me neither. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question from Mashif before we go on our break. This is Mashif was going to join us today. He had a family uh, thing he had to do, but he specifically wanted to ask you this question, Ilian, uh, mm-hmm. because of your experience with card games. He said, uh, "I'd like to know what he thinks about card games that don't have." the whole rarity thing built into them games like ascension or netrunner uh oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. like that just deck building games so it's kind of like slay the spire too slay the spire is like that a little bit i guess that it's got rarity built into it uh, mm. i think ascension kind of does too like i think there's certain cards that are rarer than others they're they're really really fun like they're very different um but i'm a big board game person too mm-hmm. like because I started with magic when I was so little magic kind of bleeds into people that are into magic tend to be like into D and D and into all kinds of tabletop gaming. Um, aren't those called living card games? Yeah, some are, some are like deck builders. Like Ascension isn't really. So explain to me what his question means. Cause I don't play it. So are you, is he yeah. saying that like, so there's no, there's no, there's not the whole, like some cards are more rare than others. Like they're all equally available. Well, like, The way that Ascension works is basically that everybody has, there's like a set of cards that you get with a board and you have like 500 cards or whatever that comes with the game. And then what you do is every player gets to like take cards out of that deck, like by buying them with different methods that they have from their cards they already have. And they keep adding more and more cards to their deck. And so it's always the same, like 500 cards. It's not like, you don't have to trade outside of the game to get a proper deck. You right? don't have to buy a deck and hope you get a Black Lotus and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you don't buy packs on their own or anything like that. It's basically, it's, just a, it's a board game that uses cards as the way that you play. Okay. So that's kind of the way that Ascension works. Um, and like a lot of games are like that. There's a lot of different styles of that. One that's really cool actually is designed by the same people that do Eternal. And it's called Clank. 
it's really neat. What it is is like you have a board where you have to go into a dungeon to try and steal from a dragon. And you use cards, like you, you get cards every turn. You can like buy new cards based on like what treasures you get. You can like get more money. And then that lets you buy more cards to like move more, kill more things down in the dungeon, stuff like that, more and more and more. And essentially it's like whoever gets out with the most gold out of the dungeon before the dragon kills you all. And it's called Clank because as you move, you generate what's called Clank, which is basically like how much noise you're making to wake up the dragon. Oh, that's, and, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, eventually it's like a, a doom timer. Eventually, like eventually the dragon wakes is that, up is and that just starts strictly... murdering everyone. Oh, sorry. Is that strictly a board game? Is there or yeah, is there like yeah, a digital no, version? Or no, no, it's just a board game. And so, like, eventually you you get to a point where like somebody's down deep in the dungeon. They're going around. They're like, yeah, I'm getting all this gold. And somebody above them goes like, "What if I just take my sword and like just start slamming the walls, basically, to get this dragon woken up so they just die?" <laughs> so you, <laughs> get somebody that'll screw you over so you've got to be like really careful about how you play because you're the other people that are playing will will try and kill you so so how do you how do you feel about uh do you do you ever do any tabletop simulator i i did at uh certain points like it just kind of depends on what's available and who i've got to play with and stuff so yeah i definitely do that a nerd version of don't wake (laughs) daddy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like it almost is. It almost is because, like, it, like I said, I mean, eventually this this dragon wakes up and it just deals an insane amount of damage to everybody and just kills them all. Yeah. So you've got to get out of the dungeon and and back to your like village before that happens, kind of thing. So it's it's a fun game. It's really neat. Cool. Well, hey, Ilian, thank you so much so far for uh, answering all yeah. of our questions. I hope everybody uh, from both my community and, you know, if we have any visitors from Ilian's community, we've gotten to know you a little better. I've learned a lot about card games. I'm not, I've never been much of a card game guy. I have a lot of research to do. I, I really want to, I, I installed Eternal. I played it a couple times. My, the problem with me is my attention span. I need to, like, just, like, play it long enough to, like, learn the basics and stuff and hopefully my community can maybe help me out a little bit with that but uh um i think we're gonna take a really short break uh just a few minutes hit the bucket if you need to refill your drinks when right when we come back we're gonna load up mashif's beef for those who don't know it's a segment on our show we do where we watch a pre-made clip by our good friend mashif we're gonna debate two different topics and decide which one is the bigger beef so Please stick around. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for all the subs and follows and support. And thank you so much, Ilian, for joining us today. And we'll be back in a couple minutes. If you guys want to make sure you just don't forget to mute yourselves. And Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be back in a couple. All right. I am back. It looks like uh, our guests are also back. All ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, Let me switch my view back here. All right. So... It is time. A lot of people come here just for the beef, by the way. Mashif's, Mashif's beef has become a uh, phenomenon in and of itself. Partially because it's funny how upset he gets about the most... <laughs> Mundane. <laughs> yep. Mundane things. <laughs> last I, week, I get really nitpicky, yeah. Last week was ridiculous. But, but I get that feel. I get that feel. But yeah, so we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna pause the music here. Do you guys have the beef up? I do. Yep. All right. So uh, I'm gonna pause the music and uh, I'm gonna switch over to the media view here. There's the man, Mr. Mashif. 
Uh, so generally we do it on Go. I'll do one, two, three, Go, and we'll hit play all together so we can watch it and uh, see what it's got to offer this week. Hold on one second. Let me make sure I got my... All right. Y'all ready? You bet. One, two, three, go. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Sheath Beef. We're down here at JTR HNVR Studio Network Complex Headquarters bringing you two beefs that are going to go head to head, and we will find out which one is the beefiest. Now, your host, Miss Sheath, with the beef. Welcome everyone to the ring. I'm your host, Mashif. <laughs> We've got two spicy beefs. Let's get right into it. First, beef. Paperless. Uh-oh. Now, when you hear that word paperless, get ready. There's only one, two, three, four thousand things headed your way, and guess what? They're all fucking pieces of paper. Now, <laughs> what? Know, I work in a contract office. I'm in the finance department at a car dealership, and we do something <laughs> called e-contracts. Now, what is an e-contract? It should be a digital contract that you don't need a physical copy of, right? Fucking wrong. The government requires that I print a review copy. I print a copy for me and a copy nope. for you. That's 33 fucking pages, assuming you don't speak Spanish, because then you're going to get 65 <laughs> pages of paper. Now, just for a simple contract, shortly, the DMV is going to be changing their system as well. And the DMV is going to go from one piece of paper to four Plus, I have to mail it to them anyway, so why am I doing anything electronically when I'm going to send you a physical copy anyway? Let's call it what it is. Some software engineer somewhere duped you into doing it this way, even though the laws don't allow you to do it the right way for digital, which means no fucking paper. You hear paperless in the medical industry? Guess what? You're getting a shitload of paper. You hear paperless with your bills? Guess what? You're still going to get paper in the mail. It's going to be a privacy policy statement, or you're going to need a copy of your account information because the things that they email you, the statements, don't can, don't contain enough information to actually tell you how much to pay them, where to pay them, or your account number so you can call and bitch them out when you don't get the fucking paper statement, <laughs> even though you need it to pay them. So that's why paperless, you are the first beef of the week. Second beef is lifelong learners. Now, I don't mean people that go on Khan Academy and figure out some new calculus stuff or someone going on YouTube and learning something or even going down to the Home Depot for one of the build days and learning how to put together a deck. Okay? I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the 87-year-old grandpa that wants to go back to college to earn his college degree because that was always his dream. Dude, you're not being cute. The one thing you're accomplishing here is keeping someone else out of a core class that they require because they're starting their college career. Get out of the class. Get out of the way. Okay? Your generation made it so that way we are required to go to college. Otherwise, it's tough to get a decent job or fucking impossible. And either way, you're saddled with debt. All you're doing, dude, is you're keeping someone out of the seat that needs to be there. What are you going to do with a college degree at 87 years old? <laughs> Shit. You know, did you guys know this? There's actually <laughs> tuition assistance and scholarships and grants set up specifically for people that are in their senior years to go back to college. 
What the fuck for? The only thing this guy's going to do with a college degree is get buried with it. Now, if you want to go and get, get some education, I'm all for it, dude. But going back to college and getting in someone else's way that's just starting, that's not the way to do it. You are the second beef of the week. Now, Jimmy, James, chat, Ilian, I want to hear what you guys have to say about today's beefs. I know they were spicy. There is a right answer, so let's go ahead and get to it. Let's hear it. All right, I paused at uh, 408. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. <laughs> He's got some beef. I was not expecting that second one. Dude, the I... Second, the second one's a, an interesting one, I guess. I mean, we have people in, in chat who seem to agree with it. I, Ilian, you're our guest. What, weigh in on these hey. topics. What do you think? Oh, the paperless thing is garbage. Yeah, you can't do paperless anywhere, and that's it's stupid. Basically, there's a lot of laws that are uh, and like businesses and things that are designed around using paper, and everybody's really, really slow to change. Yeah. So they all want to do like paperless stuff, but then they're still required to give you paper just hand over fist. Like any time that you do financial transactions too, because I worked in financial offices and things, or and I've worked. Um, I worked for about 10 years also with uh, we're like helping kids and adults with disabilities. And a lot of that is government funded, even though we were a private corporation kind of thing. Right. Uh, you get your funding from the government. And so like it, you'll be like, oh, okay, well, like here's the e-contract. And it's like, okay, and now we need the paper one. And you're like, but why? But why? It's already signed. It's, it's absolute nonsense how much paperwork you have to do for, for so much stuff. Nobody's adjusted to it. It's ridiculous ridiculous how much you have to send and like i said anytime you do any kind of financial transaction or anything it's like you have to give these disclosures that i am sure nobody in their right mind oh, has yeah. ever read and you have to give them like three different times and it's just yeah. stacks and stacks and stacks of paper like you'd give somebody it's like oh you want to buy like five thousand dollars into um in canada it's an rrsp in the u.s it'd be like 401k kind of thing it's like mm -hmm. all right here's like your binder and it's this fucking thick man yeah there's like zero reason for it and it's like well can i get it like done through email and they're like can i get a yeah, pdf we'll send you yeah it's like yeah we'll send you that and this and you're like well but can i just do the email thing and it's like no 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 so yeah, no, that's garbage. That that one's so dumb. I hate the paperless thing. Like paperless, if it worked, I'm for. It's just like, yeah, it's not paperless is the problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about uh, what about the other one? Yeah, oh, man, let them go to school if they want to. They can get educated. <laughs> like I don't, like even the the assistance for somebody who's in their senior years. I mean, if you're talking about eighty seven, I mean, yeah, I can kind of get that because it's like. I, I kind of agree there. Like you can do what you want with your money. You can go where you need to, but at 87, it's kind of like, why are you going to college? I just don't know why you do it, but that's just more of like, why at that point? Whereas like senior years can be like 55, 60, right? You can totally understand that somebody might want to switch careers and you still have like 15, 20 years to do something like, especially if you want to go into like, there's lots of humanities stuff. Like you might want to do, uh, literature, like new media, like learn to do web design and stuff and just like tool around. I don't know. I don't see a problem with that, mm -hmm. but yeah. What about you, James? All right. Well, first off, I'm in college, if you didn't know. Oh, there you so go. When they send me my tuition bill and my reward letter for financial aid, it's all on email. And I'm like, oh, that's very nice. Like it's Yo. all, I can download it, put it in Excel. I know exactly like where the money's going. 
But then they go and they're like, here's another financial reward letter in the mail. And then Hurry, I made, zoom in and dox him. <laughs> and then I make a change. Like, here's a second one with the single change that we did because yeah. we added one other thing. Yep. And yeah. Every I, single change. Yeah. It. Yep. And, then, and then the worst part is they send you this big ass packet. Mm-hmm. With all the stuff that they gave me when I first applied, and I don't need this again. It just <laughs> outlines stuff I already know because I did it my first year when I entered. Yeah, but then yeah everything no. else. Yeah, I have like a, I have a quarter. So I have a way that I'm paying off my mortgage in a way where it mm-hmm. was through RRSPs. Like you can, there's a program to take stuff out of your savings to pay for your house. And then like, but you have to then pay it back into your savings and you don't get taxes on it. Right. But like, so I have an automated payment that goes into it every month and they give you like a stack of paper every month for an automated payment. That's like, I'm like, but it's all confirmed through email and stuff. Like it's all done. It's all electronic. It's all done. And they're like, no, we have to give you this. And then they, on top of that, they also give you like quarterly statements and then they give you a yearly statement on top of that. And you're like, I I don't need it. Like I don't need all this paper. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. it's so insane. Yeah, no, I've I've been de- I've been taking care of a few legal things in the last few months, and uh, all the correspondence between me and my lawyer have all been through email. But anytime anything official happens, they send me this giant packet of paper in the mail, in like one yeah. of those big Manila envelopes, and it's like twenty pages. And I'm like, you you already emailed this to me, and then like the court will send them something. They'll print out a full copy of it and mail it to me, and they'll also email it to me. And I'm just like, why the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't like I don't why mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, no, it's just because everything's so slow to change. Nobody wants to go away from paper. It's annoying. Yeah, like it, it's understandable because it's like not everyone has access to the internet. Yeah, but at this point, well, like, you should be able to opt into the system. It, yeah, at least at least have the system that we have currently actually work. So if yeah, you're for paperless, they don't need the paper. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I totally understand why you still need paper for things. Like you said, not everybody has access to that. But like, if you opt in for paperless, make it paperless. I don't need this shit, man. Like, I don't need it clogging up everything. Make it's it so much paperless. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's so much wasted. Like, I mean, all the stuff in the environment, everything, you're just spending like all this time and all this money and using all these resources for just something that just immediately goes into recycling and you just do it again. It's so dumb. Yeah, no, I agree with nuclear goo. I hate mail in general. Like I, uh, Lady Navio and I have both like the habit of not wanting to check the mail because actual mail is 90% of the time not good news because yeah. it's usually yeah. either, it's usually either a bill or junk mail or something of that nature. And so it's like, like we've literally gone for like a week and a half without checking our mail. <laughs> Just because neither of us wants to go, like, get it out of the mailbox. Because, like, you know, generally, like, your everyday stuff comes through. Uh, I like that hat, Ilian. Dude. Yeah, Spish. I saw that. Yeah. Spish, you, be, you better go follow Ilian. He's, he's the man. But, yeah, no, I like them. I like, I actually like getting mail, to be fair. I, I do like getting mail, but I don't get a lot of it. And basically, I like getting real mail, but like 90% of the mail that you get is like your car dealership giving you more stuff because they, you gave them your information at one point. And now yeah. they're going to send you cards for the rest of recorded time. 
shit like that. Like it's all just like, oh, here's like coupons for the local Wendy's. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't eat at Wendy's. Like, but those junior bacon cards. cheeseburgers, bro. Yeah, no, get, like, getting real. <laughs> getting real mail. The, the local auto dealership thinks my birthday is like in April when it's in November because every year they send me a, they sent I get a letter and it looks like it's for my birthday and I'm like it's not my birthday this is April I open it and it's like you've pre-qualified to get a loan on one of our cars and I'm like I'm not buying a car and it's not my birthday but James you could have like six cars by now <laughs> um, yeah that's the thing. Oh man, when my car loan finally like ran out, like when I actually had finished paying it off, the amount of junk mail I started oh, to get yeah. from the car. They're like, like oh. you want to trade it in, right? You want to get a new mm-hmm. car. You want a new car. You don't want a car like that. And like, no, I like the car that I've actually paid off. They want to throw you back in that debt hole. They're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah you got you got spare money now. What you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. They want to kick you 300 style back into that. <laughs> Just throw you in there. And they don't want to lose that cash flow. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But it's like, yeah, it's a lot of mail like that. So anyway, like actual mail, different stuff is nice. Uh, paperless, obviously, it feels it feels like in general we all have beef with the whole paperless thing because it's never truly paperless. However, uh, I would like to touch on the second point. Mm-hmm. I, I, ha- I have really mixed feelings about it because I, I do kind of agree with Mashif a little bit. Uh like they're what, what nuclear goose said uh you'll die with a degree in your grave was the biggest burn of the beef ever mm-hmm. um you know i, I like I, there is limited seats and there are limited professors and there have been times that i've been put on a wait list where i was like i you know it's like like my third year even like i'm a junior i should have like priority registration and i'm like i can't get into this fucking class because there's too many people at the school and i missed the enrollment period by 20 minutes like i i don't know like it it, it is it is a thing where it's like who yeah. who should who who's going to benefit more from this in the long run Sure. Yeah, I, I I can kind of see that. It, it's like one of I those mean, things. I mean, it's cool. Where... It's a cool high five. Cool, you got your degree type thing. Like it's a feel good moment when the eighty five year old walks across and grabs his diploma and feels good about himself. But how much is he actually going to contribute to society as a whole with that degree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is, but how like, much? Are, well, how much is? Ne- I I don't think that it's necessarily that they're going to. I mean, somebody that's 85 might contribute more than somebody who's 20. It dearly depends. Like, there's a lot of people that get their degrees and then don't do anything with it. But no, like, that's a good point because be, uh, they're Belt, actually passionate about it, right? If yeah, it well, back, Black Belt Beavis mentioned athletes. He's like, how many fucking diplomas do we hand to athletes who probably didn't actually earn them because... Yeah, yeah that too, yeah. I, like, I'm, it's more like how big of a problem is it? Like, how many actual people are doing that at, right. like, 85 or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that like one of the things is like education is consumption is kind of the weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that you just that it's a private thing anyways, that it's like not everybody should get one and it should just be kind of easier to get an education in general in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like that's know. more of a, it, it's more of a problem almost where it's like that. Cause like you were saying that you have trouble getting like a class. I don't know how much of that would necessarily be that it's, uh, like necessarily senior people that are taking your seats right 
that's almost just more of a question of like, we just need more ways for people to reasonably get an education without like having to go a hundred thousand dollars in debt and try desperately to get their classes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just making it easier. would be nice. Well, I mean, luckily online schools have kind of solved a little bit of that. Like people who just need the degree to take that next step, like lady Navio, she did, she got a four year degree for, uh, business management with an emphasis in human resources. She already had a job, but it's like, it'll help her kind of take that next step. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so the online thing kind of helps. Um, but I went to a brick and mortar school. So I, you know, I, I really appreciate it for me. I had, I tried the online thing. Absolutely. Zero could not do it. And like I was not self motivated enough to fucking turn in my shit. Like I procrastinate till like James. So James is the right kind of procrastinator. He actually still <laughs> gets it done. But when, yeah. but if you were doing it online, James, it would be it, it, you might not get it in on time. Oh, I know. I, I've tried. I took an online CS a CS fifty course because I was like, computer science is interesting. I'll like take one of these online courses. See how it is. First week, I'm like super motivated. I'm like, oh, I'm doing the coursework mm-hmm. and then nothing because it's just like I have to make myself do it and I didn't pay for it because it was like a free it was a free course. And then it just sat there and I'm like, maybe next year. <laughs> it's different, man. Like when you don't have a teacher that's like, hey, this assignment's due tomorrow when it's on you to like upload the file and hit submit. Uh, brick and mortar means you physically went to a classroom. It's a it's an expression that basically means you go to a building and you sit in a classroom in front of a teacher and a board and you like, yeah, like it's a real tra- building traditional college. Yeah. Brick and mortar is the opposite of online. Yeah. So it's just a term that real people life. use to explain like uh, physically sitting in a classroom versus online, or like going to a store yeah. or something. Uh, especially when some of those online courses are just like, oh yeah, nothing's due until like the end. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just upload it all the day before. It's like, yeah. oh cool that I don't get to do shit for a while. Yeah, it's like I don't have homework. <laughs> yeah, no. That yeah, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. So anyway, I think uh general consensus, I do kind of agree with him. I do want to to make it known that I, I do kind of agree with him on the lifetime learners thing. I think there should be some type of like, uh, I mean, I guess if you're qualified, sure, whatever. If there's room in the college for you and it's not impacted, but like if a school's already at 99% capacity and there's hundreds of people competing to get in and Joe Schmo, 86 year old, wants to, you know, fulfill a lifetime dream, maybe no. But like it, you know, where I went to school, they were not at a, they were at like seventy percent capacity. Sure, why the fuck yeah. not? Let the old guy get his degree. So, but when it comes down to specific classes, I don't know. It's it's a really it's a gray area. But in general, if I were to choose which one is the bigger beef, I would say the paperless thing. Are we by yeah. miles? By yeah, miles. Yeah. I, so, by miles. And you know, last week we were all in agreement too. And then we, according to Mashif, we were all wrong because he's really mad about his burritos. So we'll. Well, we'll but see. you guys were wrong. The bur- burritos, burritos need to be done the right way. <laughs> I, no, I don't agree with it. I don't necessarily agree that his burritos were done the wrong way. I, I saw that, but bean like. Juice. You got listen. The okay, the bean juice is BS. Like that's garbage. Who puts no? The bean juice is BJ, not BS. That's, that's gross. Like what? What do you mean bean? Who it melts the cheese. It, it melts the cheese. 
I, I don't even, I don't know if I believe him on that one. Like what restaurant would say we're going to pour bean juice on your burrito to melt the How cheese? How else are you going to melt that the cheese, garbage. dude? Come that's on. Awful. Yeah, no, I mean, somebody making a bad burrito, like, are you kidding? Of course, that's a big problem. That, that's like the biggest problem you can possibly have. You make my damn burrito the way I want it made. All right. Uh, all right. Anyway, yeah, no, so, you guys were all wrong. Machine so, was so paperless is the general consensus. Mm-hmm. So I'm at uh, 408. Yep. So we can do uh, on go. We'll we'll play and we'll see what the results are. Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three, go. Did you get it? <laughs> are you this week's beef master, Jimmy James Ilian? Jimmy, did you get it this week? I don't think you did. Let's find out. The beef of the week is geezer grad. No, so goddamn. Reason why? How often are you experiencing this machine? These people are just doing it for fun. They're doing it for fun. <laughs> yeah, and they fill up all the core classes. And you, he's just you doing it just to be opposite of whatever. You're we on the wait list. Yeah. It's just and you walk just in devil- and you're standing at the door with your. With your book, Devil's Advocate. That Devil's Advocate. Yeah, That's all he's doing. Wasn't, he's wasn't here that day. Pushing buttons, man. No, here's what happened. Sheaf tried to go to community to college one They're time. Up the core class, and he got, couldn't get in need because an older fellow to start took his their lives. They're there willing this to is yeah. debt to maybe someday possibly <laughs> make a livable way. This is he's just so mad about it. Yeah, I guess, man. It's personal. Just for something to do, having some fun. And you know what? It's time to scooch he out. He can be wrong. Ramp. I'm down with you wanting to learn. I'm totally there. But going back to college and taking up someone's seat that needs to be there, has to be there, because you guys required it, you need to get out of the way. Okay? <laughs> and that's why you're this week's Beef of the Week. <laughs> 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 the ending, the ending was so good. Way, I like that. I like the end. That was nah. good. All right. Well, he can be wrong. He can. Be... <laughs> That's what he we was did. right about burritos. No, we, he we, was we, right no. about burritos. Uh, excuse me, sir. Burritos are a big deal. What was the other one last week? It was burritos. I don't even remember. Uh, it didn't matter. Oh, it was sweet. burritos. Burritos are a big deal. Hmm. Listen, you you go to a restaurant, you want your burrito, give me a burrito. Give me the right burrito. Oh, it was adult. Yeah, it was baby adults. That's right. The other one. Oh, was... wait. Which, oh, yeah, def- definitely burritos. Anyways. But yeah, no, like, I don't know. He's wrong here. Paperless. Paperless all the way. Got to worry about the environment, man. Also, so, I'm so tired of stacks of paper. I told you, I, I have clutter in my room. I'm really bad for clutter. I don't need more clutter. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, I'm going to play a little music in the background because we're going to real quick uh, discuss a couple topics that we had started discussing in our private conversation, and I wanted to touch on them a little more. Um, first off, how who do you, so James or Ilian, do either of you own a Switch? Yep. I do not. I, I do. want one. How crazy is it that they're getting like every title that i want in my life everything should be on the switch everything should be on the switch it's portable they should just yeah it's portable exactly every, you i want every single game on the switch everything it's amazing right. how powerful it is for how portable it is 
Yeah, it's nice. It's it's a great system. Like, so just to go down the list here, re- the most recent one that I was like, oh shit, like I might have to buy one was Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because that's a that game is that's like perfect for like just taking a mad dump, sitting there deciding what card I'm gonna play. Like that is it's it's the perfect game to just like kind of you know play play at your leisure. Yeah. Yeah, no, like that they're, one. They're so good for all that stuff. It's like going to like conferences and things too. As I, I travel, I don't do it as much this year, um, but last year I traveled so much for like taxes and all that kind of stuff. And having it on a play and just being able to play like Breath of the Wild or something is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So also Dark Souls Remastered. Yep. Uh, Overwatch. There's supposedly Wait, yeah is supposedly yeah. there's yeah. Uh, Overwatch okay, is coming to the Switch. I did not know that. Also, like PUBG even or something? Or no, no, like- no. The, another one that I heard. I, I didn't hear PUBG, but I heard uh, Diablo three. Yes, Diablo three yeah, is coming. Yep. Which with I all I play- the content too. Yeah, all, yep. all so like all of the um, and I play a lot of Diablo three off stream. I don't play it much on stream because people don't seem to be very interested in me grinding out uh, Nephilim riffs. But <laughs> grind, 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 grind. But I love I love me some Diablo three. I grind every season just to get like the unlocks or whatever. So that that is simulate the Diablo experience for you for a minute. No, I dude, I got it bound to mouse wheel. I just mouse mouse wheel up and down. That's how I move around. Fair enough. Infinite clicks. Um. So yeah, I I don't own one, but I'm real close to being like, all right, like there's there's so many good games on it. It's basically just now it's a secondary Steam platform almost. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get every single indie game they can. They realized a while back with uh, the Wii, and they made the right move at the time because they were almost bankrupt. Eh, like Nintendo was. Oh, they've been almost bankrupt like three times. Yeah, but like when they they were in their hardest, right when the Wii was coming out. Yeah, um, I was gonna say like GameCube them, was kind of a flop, and then Wii came out, and they're like, "Just kidding, flop. we have all the money." Well, it, it was because actually what floated them first was 3D, the DS. Oh yeah, the yeah, DS. the portables. Yeah. The portables yeah, they, have kept them going. Their portables are always strong because yeah. like other mm-hmm. than the cell phone, what other portable like is around even now? Yeah, they weren't doing very very well uh, before that, even for the portables. Though, like Game Boy Advance didn't do as well, and so they were having they were really really struggling, and it looked like for sure they were going to go under that time. But then they the DS just sold like so well, and they just nailed it. And they were like, "Wait, this is like a really different, very casual way of doing things." And then they they jumped down that path a lot because they didn't have the money to compete anymore, right? Like they couldn't make the hardware that. PlayStation and stuff like all the research and stuff that goes into making that architecture is incredible amounts of money and Nintendo just had none so they were like what if we just don't bother and ever since then they've done a much better job of like just kind of going a different direction I mean I'm waiting for Virtual Boy 2.0 but it's gonna compete with the Rift yeah everything in everything in red my god I remember Virtual Boy Tennis Boy I remember playing virtual like uh, Virtual Boy Tennis at my Blockbuster 
when I was a kid, like, because they had like a demo one out and I never saw it again. I played it like once or twice as a demo at the Blockbuster and then like I never heard of it or saw it ever again. It just vanished from the face of the earth. That thing was garbage. I had one friend who had a Virtual Boy, so I get to play Virtual Boy Tennis a few times. Hmm. And other than everything being red, it wasn't that bad. I kind of liked it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, it was kind of just too far ahead of its time, right? Yeah. I actually kind of feel like the, I feel like the rift and stuff is a little bit like that. Honestly, it's still a little too far ahead. Like, there's so many games that you look at, and it's just like obvious shovelware. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the Wii, like, so the Wii, the Wii had like, a ton of shovelware too. Though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Nintendo's totally terrible for that. Like, there are some things that we does. Yeah, there's some things that we. Well, we. I don't know that those ones are shovelware as bad as like. There was all like the like cooking with whatever things and like the, all the like kid games that are made in a month and then shipped out just because it's like mm-hmm. every everybody has a Wii so like grandparents buy games for like five year olds and stuff and it's just yeah. total. I, I actually have a couple of those shovelware games where my grandma was like, "Oh well, I thought you'd like this one." Like it was mm-hmm. racing like like big trucks i'm like oh thanks grandma but <laughs> yeah, like, this is the worst racing game i have ever seen it's it's circus carnival extreme yeah ex- well exactly yeah they show they do so much of that kind of stuff nintendo's really bad for that like nintendo's done some things really well but yeah their shovelware is incredible they're mm-hmm. they're terrible for it it's actually kind of amazing because i really like uh either watching or playing like the shovelware games and just seeing how bad they can get like that mm-hmm. that does make for some entertaining stuff but it's not a plus as a whole yeah absolutely no but i'm i i might have to buy a switch i, I think it's worth it i mean there's a lot of cool games coming out uh, breath of the wild alone pretty much sells that console maybe mm-hmm. maybe for this black friday or cyber monday if i can snag a deal i'll probably get a switch this year this mm-hmm. might be the year to grab it yeah, like, especially, like, with how much I'm always, like, on planes during an airport, that's what I really want it for, mm-hmm. because, like, when I'm on a plane, it's just I don't have cell phone service. I can't use my laptop. It's too big. Yeah, it's nice for travel. Which is just small, and then with Slay the Spire, that's that's a really good game. Yeah, it's no. Tons of replayability. I'm playing BOTW right now and loving it. Yeah, no, it, it, I, it is very impressive for being a mobile device how powerful it is and how decent the battery life is. If you got a full charge, you can play for quite a while on it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's got a lot of good features. I, I like it a lot. I think that it's pretty sweet. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, how's it going? We got a, we got a little hosty host there from some folks. Mogabi, how you doing tonight? Uh, one other topic, uh, a couple more topics I wanted to talk about real quick uh, before we call it a night. This is something that happened a few weeks ago, but it kept like unraveling as the weeks went on, and I kept saying, "Dude, I, we got to talk about this." So, are are you guys? You probably familiar with this alien with all because you're a Dead Cells player. The Dead Cells stuff, yeah. So with there was. Philip- yeah so i'm not gonna play the video because every time i play a video youtube yells at me for copyrights but uh this guy posted on reddit it got forty thousand upvotes basically he proved that this guy stole his video or not so 
basically a, a reviewer on IGN took this guy's stuff and paraphrased mm. it. Basically, what we all did in high school, right? Well, like note for note, it's we, like yeah. we all took something from some source that somebody else did, and we paraphrased it and wrote our own paragraph. But he was doing that professionally, right? Yeah. So, and it's yeah, it's more blatant even than that. Like it's it's, it's the, the videos are like the same length and like mm-hmm. at the at the same spots in the video, it goes into the same things. Like it's really bad. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty blatant. So that was the original mm-hmm. video, which was you know in and of itself was like holy shit dude but it goes so much deeper than that it kept going so the next step we find out that uh he got fired ign was Mm -hmm. like oh yeah he was obviously plagiarizing ign stepped up did the right thing and they said hey you know what we fired that guy that was clearly him taking content from someone else and uh he got fired then check out this tweet uh do you guys remember that video that came out, the Cuphead video with the reviewer who couldn't get past the tutorial because he had to dash over to a block? Do you guys remember? I heard a little bit so about that. So there was a reviewer, yeah, a guy was reviewing the game Cuphead and he he basically slammed the game because of how hard it was because he couldn't get yeah. past a basic air dash tutorial. It was the same guy. The dude does not know how to play games. <laughs> And he's been reviewing games for IGN for years. Mm-hmm. I didn't like when I saw this tweet. I was like, "Holy shit! It's that same dude." Wow. It was the same yeah. guy. He couldn't pass the uh, Cuphead tutorial, and then IGN came out again, and they said they're proactively. They went back and looked at all of the previous articles that that guy wrote. And they, they're removing pretty much every single one of them because they have found the same pattern of him not actually, like, playing through the game and reviewing it himself. Yeah, there's so many. There's a ton of stuff that they said that was plagiarized. Kotaku even ran in their article when they talked about it. They were like, um, here's his resume and here's the resume template off of, like, jobworkplace.com. Oh. And it's exactly the same template just like a couple of words changed here and there and it's like oh man he plagiarized his resume like <laughs> it, every, it, seriously i'm not kidding if you go yeah. and look at the kotaku article it's actually in there it's it's really but i mean the the way that i talked about it before too is that like yeah i mean the minute that you catch somebody doing something like cheating or plagiarizing or stealing something like that if you have it's not any the first time going, mm-hmm. yeah if you have any way of going back through the records it's like the chances that that's the first time they did it is so low. It's just like the most obvious time. Um, and I, I don't want to take this view too much because it's a it's a shitty thing that he did to the guy. Uh, it was Boomstick Gaming. Like it, and it's a small YouTuber. Yeah, well, I mean, over 10,000 uh, subscribers at the time. Like that's small. I know that for you, like that's not. <laughs> James 80, is like, 000. I got 80,000? What? 80, I mean, I but, still consider that small. <laughs> It's it's small, but it's not. But like that's actually a reasonable number. Like that yeah. that you can start making money at. You can start be doing. You can start actually having a following and have a patron. Mm-hmm. And like you you can be doing. Yeah, a you lot can of, be profitable. Yeah, you can be profitable and being like an actual YouTuber and probably be doing it like part time or full time. Right. So I mean, he was already doing pretty well for himself. But like, it, it was nice. It, it's not. It's a shitty thing to have your stuff stolen, and there's no uh, way that it doesn't suck for him in in that sense. 
But at the same time, it's nice that there's a good resolution. It's almost like a little bit of, I don't believe in karma, but it kind of feels a little bit karmic in the fact that he went from like 11,000 subscribers to like 80,000. Mm. Where like 75 or something. So like he got like a ton of stuff from that. Mm. And that's really hard to do. Like getting, um, it, that kind a of lot of people would do a lot of really good content out there, but they don't get discovered necessarily. And yeah. so like, obviously this guy was doing IGN level content, right? right. Mm-hmm. It was getting taken like word for word. So there you go. Like the guy, guy got noticed and at least it's got like a happy resolution. It doesn't make it, you know, a good thing that happened to him, but at least there's a kind of a good resolution at it. Sure. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No. So it's kind of nice that way. I, it sucks for all the other people that he stole from too, though, because they don't get that same stuff, right? Like his one goes viral and he'll kind of get like a lot of the attention. But Well, was someone pointed out the position that he has, sucks. the position mm-hmm. that he had as a writer for IGN, somebody looked up all the previous p- people that had his specific position and a lot of them have gone on to work for like Disney and like all these great like publicist jobs and they're like this guy had a golden egg as long as he didn't fuck it up and he fucked it up like he, he like it was, like he was in a position where he could have but he got there under false pretenses in the yeah, first place he wasn't good enough yeah. for it so, that's the thing right yeah. but like uh, it, it's just, Most people did well because they were good at what they did, right. and mm-hmm. he wasn't. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's funny too because even if you're bad at video games, you can still have something to say about them, right? Oh, like sure. He just was like, I'm not even going to play them. I'm just going to steal these other reviews. Yeah, like I mean, I who knows how deep it went, like whether he yeah. played them or not, or like what he what he could or couldn't do. But mm-hmm. I mean, he took the easy route and he paid for it is what yeah. happened i mean maybe he was good enough to actually have made it maybe he wasn't it's hard to say because he screwed himself yeah mm-hmm. but i mean yeah S- silly silly thing to do figuring that you're never going to get caught in the era of the internet when all of your stuff is archived on a website that has like millions of viewers and it's like oh, i'm never going to get caught there's only a million plus people checking my stuff to make sure that it's not taken mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, eventually it's going to come crashing down. But that stuff's not rational, right? Like, people will they'll steal or cheat. Like, people that get used to that kind of thing, if you're used to taking the easy way, and you kind of get used to it and you just do it on habit, even though it's not in your best interest, really. Yeah, it's just crazy that it took that long. Like, I guess it's one of yeah, the rare cases weird. where he got that far doing that. Like, for all we know, yeah. that, that he's probably that dude that was, like, cheating in college and, like, he's... He, it's not the first time he's probably been doing this his whole life and it, he it's crazy that he got that far in his career before someone was like hey you didn't do that well it, i was kind of annoyed at like ign I, I was like what editor staff do they have that actually let all of this stuff through i like I what, was it was it mashif that said they're gonna have to start submitting their articles to turn it in.com yeah, turn it <laughs> yeah. i thought that was pretty funny because in college like a lot sure. of like everyone does that now where you have to submit your paper to turn it in and they compare it to a database of millions of papers from other people mm-hmm. to make sure you're not copying it. Like, do journalists need to start doing that? Like, well, I like, no, but I, I understand for him, like stealing from boomstick gaming, like you said, I mean, 10,000 subscribers is a fair bit, but it's also not like enough that everybody knows about the dude. Right. So it's, yeah, especially when I like, can see getting away with that. But when they went back, they were like, oh, well, like there was this one where he took all of the stuff from the Wikipedia or he took oh. all of Yeah, or he took all of the stuff from like a competing like GameSpot or something. And you're right. like, what editor staff didn't notice 
that this was already like just word for word off of Wikipedia and he right. put it as his words. Like that, that kind of was like, okay, listen, I get that you don't catch everything because like you can't catch him taking it from like a, a video review. thousands of them. Weird, you, yeah, exactly. Some weird YouTube video channel out of the middle of nowhere. But like, I stole Wiki- this whole podcast. Yeah, nobody looked at the Wikipedia to see if he was taking it from like something like that. Like, there was no follow up look at this at all. Nobody ever noticed it. Like, that was weird to me that he didn't, that like the one that caught him wasn't the ones where he was like taking it from Wikipedia or other like major sites, but it was him taking it from, you know, Boomstick Gaming, random, you know, YouTube channel. And it's like that's so weird to me. Well, props to him for speaking up, though. Oh yeah, yeah. no, for sure. And Wait, could was you... it Boomstick himself that like? Yep, made yeah, the post? Oh, yep. Okay. yeah, yeah. He did the yeah, he did he, the video. He posted, I don't know what. Yeah, he, he did made a, video a whole on video and broke it down side by and, side. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, could yeah. you imagine if if Reddit or like web forums didn't exist? Like that was the only mm-hmm. reason it even like got exposed is because he posted that video and enough people were like, oh shit, and like upvoted it to where it got on the front page and got IGN's attention. But, you know, back in the day, like before the internet, who knows how many, like some journalist in New York was probably stealing shit from journalists in California, but there was no internet. So, you know, how... <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, there was... Uh... There was a lady in Canada. She still has a job. It's ridiculous. Um, she's a she writes for a major newspaper, uh, Margaret Wente, and she's been caught a couple times just like plagiarizing stuff. And it's like she works for like oh man, I, I'm gonna get this wrong, but she works for like Globe and Mail or something like kind of like Wall Street Journal or something, right? In the U.S., yeah. like it's a major paper, and she's been like multiple times caught plagiarizing, and they're like. Eh, every time she's like oh sorry about that <laughs> and they just kind of let her keep going it's weird man so i don't know like and she was caught she's been caught like she was caught 15 years ago i mean mm. there was internet but not like there is now there's not yeah. like this media and stuff so. yeah speed asian said there was a retired editor uh who was successful from N- nintendo power who who is now having all of their articles dug up Oh, man. I guess yeah. they were doing the same thing back in the day. Like, that's what I'm saying. No, no, I was kidding. Oh, you fucker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Damn oh, it. I to read into this. It's like, <laughs> I, want the, I want the details, like, before the age of Reddit. You never know. Like, but anyway, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about. We have a little more time. Uh, we usually try and keep these to, like, two and a half-ish hours. We've been going for just about two hours. Uh... This one is mostly going to be Ilian, and I have a couple kind of questions because you seem to know a lot about, about this. this. Like, are you talking about Stardock? Yeah, like uh, uh, Star Star Control and that whole lawsuit. Um, yeah, there's like this whole. Well, first weird... of all, why don't you explain to people what like you you kind of broke it down in our private discussion? But I had no idea. I I was not in the know about this game, and from what it's 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 like. The the level the it's such an expansive universe. It's almost like a a modern day. What did, what did you say? Like Mass Effect or yeah, like No Man's Sky or like it's just a massive explorable yeah. world. But it was made so long ago. Uh, so 94. so why don't why don't you explain? So you might have heard. I don't know if anybody has heard of Star Control Two, the, or, uh, also known uh, when it got kind of re-released and stuff by the creators and stuff. They've they've made it available a few times. It was uh, the Urquan Masters, and it's 
it just this incredible game. Uh, pretty much every like space exploration game that you can think of owes a ton of what they do to Star Control 2. Like it, it developed a lot of what you'd see as like mechanics today and like plot development and things like that. It's a really, really interesting game. It that you get a galaxy map even that I, I showed it to you. It's like a million pinpoints of light. And every single pinpoint like you can go to, it's a it's a solar system. And so, so, some of them so have, like, I have planets. that picture up here. So all yeah, these little teeny dots are play, are like solar systems that you can explore. Yeah, and, and this is only one, one little square of the map. Yeah, so like that's well like that's the whole map. But like Oh, that is the whole map? Okay. That is the whole map. But you can understand that like every single dot of light in there is a solar system with multiple planets and multiple moons and stuff around the planets and like they're all explorable. Like it's it's crazy the level of detail involved in it. And mm-hmm. so it, it's this just huge expansive universe. And basically, um so Stardock is the ones they made Sins of a Solar Empire, and they've been known kind of um be very pushy to smaller developers and kind of push them around and threaten I am lots fa- I'm vaguely familiar with Stardeck. Yes, they've been embroiled in a lot of stuff in the past and now basically what it is like the people that originally did Star Control are trying to crowdfund their legal defense to make the next version of their game because they said they were going to but like Stardock is saying they bought some assets from it when like a different publisher went out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you can buy assets from certain sure. uh, companies. Yeah, you can buy they that. Were saying, yeah. So they they like bought it when it went bankrupt, and so they bought pieces of it, and so now they're in like this big fight with the and the original creators. They released, they leaked out, like because um, they got a settlement at one point where he was like, "Okay, fine, I'm willing to settle up, but like you need to, um, like we'll be." I'll, I'll let you guys make it and everything, but like I want to make new games in it as well and be able to sell it. And what he did is inside of the article, even it said like, you have to admit that you guys didn't do anything to make it. <laughs> and they're like, excuse me? Like, we're the two people that made this game. And he's like, no, you have to say that you didn't kind of thing. And so they're like, no, that's not acceptable. So there's like this massive fight. And they're, so they're trying to like crowdfund $2 million to get their legal defense. And in the meantime, he's still like making games and he's reselling their game. Like he's reselling star control too. And they're like, that's our game. You can't just resell that. They're like, we even offer it for free, but he's like, it's been offered for free for a long time. But like star is just like repackaging it with like other old star control games and things like that and spinoffs and trying to like sell it to people. So it's just kind of garbage. It really sucks. Yeah. They also did Skylanders. Weird. I, I just saw oh, that. I didn't realize yeah. they Skylanders Spyro. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Apparently, Skylanders is actually a really good game. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've seen little bits they of it. They know it's... how to sell collectible toys, mm-hmm. dude. Uh, so and the game itself is actually supposed to be good. Like I've mm-hmm. seen a few people that talked about it, where they're like, it's obviously geared for kids, but yeah. like, as far as a game for kids goes, like it's not shovelware. It's actually well done. And I, mm-hmm. I used to work with kids, like I said, for about ten years, and I saw a couple of them play it. And I mean. It had a lot of polish and stuff on it. Like it looked like a really complete, interesting game. I will say that most of those collectible games, like people think that they're just like a cash grab. I have experience with almost all of them, and they're really good. Yeah, some of them. I uh, I I play Lego Dimensions with my kids like all the time. I've got I've got I've got like two full rows of Lego Dimensions characters. (laughs) Like the it's. 
They're so, I mean, it's just kind of a wild story that, like, the original two creators of the game can't publish their own game. Like, they can't publish a third in it. That's crazy. And they're fighting back and forth over it. And in the meantime, I just found out, like, that Stardock released the trailer, like, just a couple days ago for, like, a new Star Control game that they're making. Well, this is all going on, like, and they're still being sued. Like, they're suing back and forth to see who, who actually controls it. And they're still publishing games under it. And it's like, oh, God, like that just kind of sucks. So Red Marsh, there's two dudes, uh, Fred Ford and Paul Reich. They're the original creators of the game Star Control. Stardock bought some assets that included maybe some of the stuff from Star Control. And And now they're saying they own all of it. They're trying to bully them and say that they own Star Control and all rights to it. And they're trying to get Fred Ford and Paul Reich to give up and basically say that, okay, yeah, you're right. It's not our game. It's your game. Yeah, because they're small independent people, right? Like they're just two two old independent developers. And Stardock is uh, a pretty big company now. Like they've they've had some hits. So they're worth quite a bit. So they can just kind of... Like these guys don't have to crowdfund their legal defense whereas stardock's just like ah we've got our team of lawyers it's fine so they're kind of pushing them around just like for me because star control and like urquan masters was just so much of a thing like for me growing up that it's it's crazy to me to see them like not able to make their own game it's just weird like it's kind of i don't know like i'm trying to think of like a, a comparable series but like Imagine if, like, Doom suddenly was, like, suing Bethesda. Like, like that John Romero, right? You know who John Romero is, obviously, right? Yeah, like, John Romero is, like, suing, like, Bethesda because they're developing Doom without his consent. And he's right. like, no, I own Doom. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Like, And then they're, they're trying to, like, make him sign documents that say that I never made the original Doom. And so I sign over all control. Like, that's just so weird to me, right? I mean, unless they, unless he had, like, a non compete, like, I, I so there is such yeah. thing as when you start, oh, sure. when you start working for a company, if you sign a contract that says yeah. anything I make on their hardware yeah, while yeah, yeah. I'm working here is their property. But in this case, that's not the case. No, yeah. these are the two. They, like these are the two main guys. They they had the company originally and made it. They like, made it. The assets were out there. Some other publisher probably like helped them was, publish the game, so they had access to it. And then someone else bought that publisher and said, "Oh, it's ours now." And the original creators are like, "Well, wait a minute. Like, we made that game." Yeah, what's weird is there's so little about the lawsuit. Like, it's yeah. hard to find online. There's not a lot about it. Because, like I said, it's just two two old guys that used to do video games in, like, 94. And, uh, like, Stardock is this new company that's worth a ton of money. So they're kind of just pushing them around because nobody knows who these people are. Like, their, their GoFundMe has, like, nothing in it. Yeah, it has, like, no money. Yeah. If you actually look up Star Control 2, like it's one of the highest rated games. Ever. Like you can look up a whole bunch about it. Like it's Well, and uh, I noticed they re-released it on GitHub as an open source project yeah. or no, SourceForge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is exactly. That's what I was just saying. another like, open source platform. So you can go download and play it under yep. a different name right now cuz they're like fuck yeah, you guys, it's masses. our game. Yeah. We're going no, like, to give it to people for free. They did that before all of this. Yeah. yeah, they did it for free a long long time ago. They were like we just want everybody to play this game. And honestly, it's really playable now. It's really awesome. Like, it's great. The game is fantastic. Urquan Masters is awesome. But yeah, no, it's sweet. Cool. I, I yeah, don't I, know about a Reddit post or anything. I was not aware of this issue until you brought it to my attention. And it's super yeah. interesting. And it's like one of those things that's like, 
Because I, I mostly play indie games. I don't play a lot of AAA titles. I don't play a lot of, like, major... I, I would say there's a handful of Blizzard games that I play, like Diablo 3. But anyone who watches my stream knows that, for the most part, I, I enjoy uh, supporting smaller developers because they're generally the ones who are actually innovating. Mm-hmm. And, and it sucks to see, you know, the, these, these big, successful corporations feel like they have to stomp on these smaller developers who are trying just trying to like get their ideas out there you know yeah yeah it was it just kind of feels like i mean who knows ultimately i don't have access to all of the legal documents and who owns what assets or whatever it just feels like really bad that there's like these two guys when they leaked out mostly it was like the leaked document that said that like they had to sign away that they didn't make the original game and they're like we can't do that like this is something that we made and like that that's what kind of sticks with me that i was like oh that just feels gross well yeah it's one thing to say hey give us permission to make our own version of it it's another thing to say tell everyone you didn't make it like yeah like that kind of thing is like what come on yeah and i like looking at the wikipedia just as an example like just how influential it was like there's a legacy uh area on the wikipedia like it says where it was um, like 2011 PC gamer named it the 52nd best computer game of all time. Wow. Um, like, oh yeah, like uh, IGN ranked it the 17th best game of all time in 2005. In 2013, Kotaku said that it was uh, best PC games of all time and Star Control 2 emerged as the most popular choice among their audience. Like, it's a really, really good game. Like, it's incredible how good the game is. Yeah, no, uh, I, I had, I was going to download it this weekend, and I just, I, I was so busy, but I, I do want to check it out. I, I plan on playing it, because I love those old, like, DOS Windows 95 games, those nostalgic, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, I, I really do want to download it and check it out. I'm probably going to do it this week sometime. It's a neat game. It's It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of depth to it. It's kind of like the main complaint that I have with it is that it's kind of like jumping into the ocean, having <laughs> never seen water before. Like yeah. it's like, oh my god! Like there's so much going on. Like it's a really, really deep game, and it's like it's trying hard. to play Dwarf Fortress. Oh, yeah, Jesus. a little bit. If, yeah, yeah, if little you bit don't have that. any experience with true, that's funny. Uh, people who are like, yeah, I love roguelikes, and I'm like, you have you ever played an actual roguelike? Like. Because people, the, the, there's a huge category of rogue. I like I like that there's the rogue light category now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for a while people were calling everything a roguelike. Like, oh yeah, Binding of Isaac is a roguelike, and I was like, no, it's not. It yeah. like there's there's a it's a completely different scope of a game. Uh, you know, like Dwarf Fortress, like that game is crazy complex and deep and uh just like you know the amount of detail that goes into every single action in that game like you can follow a per one one tiny character's history from like you know when they got bit by a dog to when they lost their arm in the first battle to when they you know like there's yeah, a story for everything that happens you know and it is Fortress random is where you but... have to go back as an old person to get your degree in engineering so that you can play yeah. the game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's it's insane uh one of the best things if you don't play door fortress is I, i've got to find it i wish that i had it right up but like you can google it it's like there's twitter accounts and stuff to do like um door best of door fortress log updates like oh, yeah. nice game, where it's like it'll be like patched out a bug where cats would wander into the bar after a fight get blood on their feet 
drink the blood off their feet when they cleaned themselves, become drunk, and then would infect the dwarves with like cat diseases and stuff. And it's like, because they would fight the dwarves and it's like, what is this patch? Like <laughs> that was a literal patch. It was, I can't remember exactly how they patched it, but it was like, yeah, they were actually like walking through the bloody footprints that were left after bar fights. And because the dwarves had blood alcohol levels, it was alcoholic blood. So then when the cats cleaned themselves afterwards, the cats were getting drunk and it's like, how, what is your game? <laughs> like, I don't get it. It's incredible, though. Like, but like the, the yeah, the amount of detail, though, is just, like, what's so impressive about it. Is yes. just, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. even when you start the game, it's like, how much of the history do you want to simulate before you start playing? And you're like, what? Simulate the yeah. history? What do you mean? And it's like, yeah, the, you know, some empires are going to rise, they're going to fall, there's going to be ruins. It's like, you're going to start here, and you're like, What? Yeah, no, I don't, I've never, it's an overwhelming game. I've never really started it just because there's so much to do in it that I, it's scary. And I'm somebody that played a lot of like modded Minecraft. And I mean like heavily modded Minecraft, like doing Have you Have you tried any of the ones that are a little less intense? Like I played a little RimWorld and that one was kind of like a good balance between... RimWorld no, was fun. I, I've started to learn that like I like those kinds of games, but I'm not necessarily the best person to stream them. And my only yeah. time to play games is streaming. Is streaming like, yeah. eh, I'll probably just leave most of those alone. I liked making stuff in Minecraft, but like watching some of the people that actually play it all the time, I'm like, eh, I don't know that my content is up there. Hmm. What does roguelike imply? Um, there's a whole list of things. Uh so it, it's a it's a randomly generated world. Uh, it's permadeath. It's um, uh, here. W- let's just see if we can find a. Uh... Yeah, it, it all stems from Rogue the game. Yeah, yeah which is exactly Rogue or something. It might have even oh God. Rogue might be seventy nine. I wonder if Rogue was that old. It might be. I feel like it actually is. Um. It's a 1980. Okay, yeah, I was I was close. I knew that it was really really early 80s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was developed on Unix based mainframe systems. Apparently, yeah. yeah, like you you go around and you try and find the amulet of Yendor in like this ACI dungeon. So it's all like mm-hmm. ASCII graphics. Yeah, ASCII. So like, um, yeah. if you ever seen you know when people do trolls in chat, like put you know messages that are yeah, actually like an image it's that's ascii and so it was all in that and yeah it's it interesting mm-hmm. yeah because these older games like rogue like dwarf fortress like the one you just brought up with the lawsuit i just forgot the name like uh, they star pi- control yes yeah, yeah. they pioneered an idea and then mm-hmm. now these days you have people like trying to capture that feeling but not make it as hard or as complicated. So you get stuff like RimWorld. You get stuff like, like yeah, spells, like Binding of Isaac. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, it's kind of better because, like we said, I mean, Dwarf Fortress is super overwhelming, right? Like most mm-hmm. people can't really even play it at a certain point because it's just too much information. So, like to a certain extent, dumbing it down, quote unquote, isn't always bad. Like mm-hmm. sometimes dumbing it down it's accessibility. Is- yeah, exactly. I was going to say, sometimes dumbing it, people say dumbing it down, and sometimes it's actually just code for making it accessible or making it like more user friendly and enjoyable, like making a smoother experience. And I, kind of like the experience for me with that, one of the most recent ones that I can remember was the change from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2. 
because like that dumbed the da- game down, quote unquote, like where it removed a lot of the RPG elements and kind of stripped it down. But man, like that made the game so much better and so much smoother and so much more cinematic. And I didn't think I would like that because I'm a huge RPG person, but playing Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 1 feels so damn clunky. Like it's a good game, but it just, Mass Effect 2 flows well in a way that Mass Effect 1 could never even imagine, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's nice. So here I found this. Um, This is on Stack Exchange. We're stealing, if you're a programmer, you're used to stealing from Stack Overflow, so don't worry about it. Uh, so th- these are the nine high value items if you want to say it's a true roguelike with a K uh, turn based action which is surprising because a lot of roguelites are not turn based some are uh, tile based yeah. movement randomly generated maps permadeath uh, and then uh, movement battle and other actions take place in the same mode complexity Resource management, which is true of like Dwarf Fortress or Rim World. Most of the game is hack and slash and exploration and discovery, which is a big part of most roguelikes and roguelites. So those are like the nine main points of like a true roguelike. Like Dwarf Fortress hits on pretty much all of those. Um but then if it has if it has just a few of those like it might grab a couple of those or maybe half of them or whatever, then that's where you fall into the category of roguelite. Like it takes some of the stuff from those rogue categories, but maybe not all of them. Mm-hmm. For example, Binding of Isaac does not have turn-based action. Um, it is randomly generated. It does have permadeath. Uh, there's pseudo-resource management. It's somewhat complex. It is hack and slash, and it is explore- exploration and discovery. And so they go down here and they kind of break down a list of like, so, so for example, faster than light, exploration, randomness, permadeath, resource management, but there are three different game modes, real-time, turn-based, and dialogue tree. So like basically uh, a roguelike is one that encompasses almost, if not all of those categories. So like... uh RimWorld is going to get a lot closer to being defined as a roguelike. It hits on a lot of those categories. Whereas like Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon, Faster Than Light, uh, Dead Cells, those are going to be more in the roguelite category because they do have permadeath, they do have random generation, they do have some elements, but only maybe maybe a few of those elements, not all of them. Yeah, it it roguelike versus road light is like a really I don't know, it's kind of a nitpicky argument in a lot of ways. Yeah, I point. agree. I agree. Yeah, no, no, like I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I, mean, I like this definition though. Like, this is the first time I've seen this. That's a good definition. This. That's a good definition, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like the line is kind of drawn where you want to draw it. But like yeah. rogue light is generally considered to be like you said like further away from what rogue is and rogue like is closer I, to I it. I feel like the and two where you draw that line is just kind of arbitrary in a way. The two things that pretty much make it a rogue if we're going to break it down to like the bare minimum mm-hmm. is random generation and permadeath. And permadeath. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are like ones. the two yeah. things where you can call your game a rogue game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rogue something. Exactly. Rogue, rogue whatever. Light, rogue light, whatever you say, yeah. But I, yeah, because I play a lot of rogue games. Uh, even some of the lesser known ones, like uh, that duck one. What was that one called? 
uh, I might what? have to pull up my Steam. It's called the uh, the duck one. Yeah, you, you play one. you play as a duck. It's a really small no, not duck game. It's a it's a rogue light. It can't be duck game because that's not at all a rogue light. Oh, it's that's called no, it's called Blazing Beaks. Blazing Beaks. I've never heard. Dude, of this. I know. I hadn't heard of it either. I don't even know how I found it, but it's actually a really cool mechanic because huh. you, the whole point of the game is you try and get more curse until you find a shop, and the more curse you have, you basically sell all your cursed items for upgrades. So it's like Ooh. a risk reward system that's really really cool. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up on uh, Steam because yeah, very few people have heard of this game, and I love it. And I, they they're they're updating it on a pretty regular basis. It's called Blazing Beaks. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, so, kind of my only my only argument against like using that. Oh yeah, okay. It looks a little nuclear throne-ish. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like I mean, not entirely, but it's kind of got that you know. Binding of Isaac, Nuclear Throne, same kind of feel, like top-down arcade shooter. But then you have other ones that are more turn-based, like Slay the Spire. That's a rogue game. It's randomly yeah. generated. It's turn-based. Um, it's permadeath. Yeah, I would say like the only problem that I have with like the roguelike versus roguelite thing that you were showing is that like name a roguelike. Like there's nothing that comes under those nine categories anymore. Uh, Everything is. I got one Everything for you. Like Sword light. of the Stars, the Pit. Sword of the Stars, the Pit is like the. Closest I would say Rimworld comes close. Dwarf Fortress comes close. Uh, but like, there's not a lot. Like, it's no. mostly roguelite yeah. at this point. Well, like, yeah, that's what everything. I'm saying. Is people say roguelike, but most of the time it's wrong. Most of them are roguelite at this point. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, like, but they're all kind of. It's that idea of like permadeath and procedurally generated stuff that. A lot of people really like. I'm a huge fan of all those kinds of games. I did. It's my number one genre. Like one of my favorite games is uh, Immortal Redneck. I don't know if you've played that, but no, it's a it's a first person shooter roguelite. Okay, yeah. Like uh, there's one called uh, Mother Gunship that I was playing. I saw you playing that one too. I want to get. Yeah, it's it's fun. It was it was very interesting because like. You can do. I like the games that we were talking earlier about. Um, Enter the Gungeon, like the more zany things you can do. Yeah. And I like when games allow you to do crazy BS. Like when I, I hate it in a game where you go like, "Oh my god!" Well, if I have like this thing and this thing, can I combine them? And then suddenly I get something that's like game breaking. And a lot of games will be like, "No, I put limit caps on that." Like, do you know what I mean? Like they won't yeah. let me right. do it. They're, they're afraid of you kind of breaking the game, quote unquote. But then, like games like Binding of Isaac, especially, was like that was a lot of where the Binding of Isaac success came from, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the synergies it, and just being able to break the shit out of the game. Yeah, yeah like, yep, if you that's... go and like you, you go to YouTube and you search Binding of Isaac, and the first thing you're going to find is like, holy shit, look at this, right? Like, it's like, oh my god, like this melts the entire room. Look at me take down Mega Satan in 2.2 seconds. Yeah. Because I got like Ludovico's technique and lasers and all this like garbage that suddenly becomes a ball of burning death. And not enough games do that. So it's kind of cool when games do. That, Mother that, Gunship, that feeling of power. Yeah. Uh, like for me, the point where Mother Gunship won me over is that you can like make your guns. So it's kind of like modular guns and you can put different like modifiers and barrels on them and the more mer- barrels that you put the more energy it uses so you have less ammo in a way mm-hmm. different things like that and i made a gun that i like i was like wait it has pushback 
how much pushback does it have? I'm like, what if we put more pushback on it? And I just like started slamming as much pushback on this thing as I could. And eventually you just ended up like warping from one point of the map to the other because it would shove you backwards so fast. So it's like a backwards rocket. You, you would just fire yourself across the map instantaneously. It was just super absurd and really, really fun. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. I like this. This is cool. The minute you can do something really stupid like that, I'm like, I'm on board for it. That reminds me of Double uh, XX. Have you guys ever heard of Double D XXL? Serious Sam. It's ten. No, I've never played any of the Serious Sam games. No, well, there's the 3D ones, which are fun and they have great multiplayer. But with you combining guns, made me think of this game. It's the most over the top, ridiculous, like side scroller. So basically, you could like, I, I don't know if you can tell by the screenshot. But, like, he's got, like, five guns stacked on top of each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 So you can, like, just basically, it's like a 2D game, and you can just do the most outrageous, like, over-the-top stuff. And it was just, like, a little game they developed on the side as a joke, but I had so much fun playing this game for that specific reason. Because they didn't, there was there's zero balance. They didn't like. Yeah. They're exactly. like, sure. What the fuck? Why can't you stack ten guns on top of each other and blow shit up? Like you know, like it just they didn't they did they're just like yeah it's ten dollars. You do whatever the fuck just you want. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's nice when they can like I understand that there's a a certain appeal to like a super realistic game too, but it's nice when you can have that variety. And for a while, like we were in that pit. This is why we were talking about like Nintendo. It's nice that Nintendo kind of went a different direction, right? After the Wii, no, like Wii and forwards, where they do some things really badly, but at least it's nice there's somebody out there who's still making like the kind of just fun, zany, casual games. Because more and more, like Xbox and PlayStation at that time, especially, went like full on, like, we're going to appeal to COD Gamer 420XX, who that's all they do is they play like super realistic FPS sure, shooters. Yeah. They don't want anything that, like, we're the hardcore gaming crowd. And it's Ugh. like, uh, like, I don't mind those games. Like, I play a lot of those games sometimes, but it's nice to have other games that are unabashedly just zany bullshit, right? right? So, like, that stuff can be fun, and it's nice that there's an outlet for that, because there wasn't for a while. Like, it was harder to get it, and now, like, with the switch getting all these like indie steam games and like they seem to be gaining more and more traction all the time like you look at there's a lot of indie games that have become insanely popular whether it's like slay the spire uh like i mean even just minecraft and all those kinds of things right it's nice that there's games binding of isaac uh it's cool that they've made it that successful right yeah i mean yeah for me someone who has an extremely short attention span Mm -hmm. Uh, I appreciate those types of games because I can, yeah. you know, I can play a run of Dead Cells or a run of, you know, Enter the Gungeon or Binding of Isaac and make make a little progress, maybe unlock an item or whatever, and I can play something else and I don't feel like I'm missing out. Whereas, like, yeah. Yeah. as much as I love story-driven games and I love playing them and I agree with Bishop Girl about, but my immersion, like... there's a place for that but sometimes i just want to sit down and play for like 45 minutes and just have a have a new experience 
Exactly. Like, I mean, I play, look, I played through Dark Souls. It's one of my favorite games of all time, but like not every game needs to be, you know, dark, gritty, Dark Souls, like hardcore gamer game. It doesn't have to be that all the time. It can be, you can have, you know, Dark Souls and you can also have Fortnite. It's just be wany, like zany bullshit, right? And it's yeah. nice to have a little bit of that spread rather than just be all one, like, mess of darkness similar you know super realistic gameplay all the time and i'm like eh, it's nice to have something a little bit wacky so speaking you since you brought it up speaking of fortnite uh since you're a partnered streamer and you've been around for a while what do you think of the whole like battle royale phenomenon just like exploding on twitch it's i mean I, i've seen I've you play pubg a, a couple times I played PUBG a while back because, yeah, I really liked, um, I watched the Arma 3 Battle Royale back in, like, right. Arma 2. I, I watched when it was a mod. Like, right. I, it was so weird to me to see it because it, DayZ came out and DayZ was this big thing for a while, right? Yeah. Like, yes. DayZ was massive and it was like, everybody was trying to be DayZ. Yep. You had, like, H1Z1, you had all these, and, like, DayZ Standalone, you had all these games that really tried hard to be DayZ. And then they realized that like Battle Royale was even bigger and it, mm. it was weird to watch the shift because like I had been around watching DayZ get big and then I I was like, eh, I don't really like DayZ all that much. I really like this Battle Royale thing. And I watched a lot of people that played that because it was kind of, I, I do a lot of editing. Like we said, like I'm on my computer 60 hours a day. And right. so I like to have something on the side and a game like, uh, battle Royale, like the the PUBG especially kind of stuff where it's not super arcadey and not super fast is really good as a side thing because it's a lot of really slow stuff and then like brief moments where you have to pay attention. So I'd be able to like get a lot of work done and then you'd hear them screaming and you'd look over and kind of like go back to the last 30 seconds and be like, oh wow, okay, this happened. And mm -hmm. so you could kind of watch it on the side really nice. And so it, it was really strange because it was this super niche thing that slowly grew and grew and grew. And I was like, there's no way it's going to be this big, right? And then PUBG came out and I was like, oh my God, this is huge. Yeah. And then Fortnite came out and just blew PUBG away. And I was like, oh my God, okay. Apparently this is the biggest thing ever. And now everything has to have it. I mean, it's it's like for a while, everything became Minecraft. Like everything yeah. had to have a crafting system. So it's I mean- it'll... Crafting, survival, mm -hmm. or the- Oh, the, what are the four, the four, the four horse. horsemen of the, the apocalypse? What are they, James? It's early access, survival, crafting, multiplayer. Yeah, like there was all these kinds of... So, I mean, it's it's a trend. It'll change. Um, right now, I mean, roguelike is kind of a trend too, right? Like mm -hmm. all the roguelike, ro roguelite kind of stuff. There's so No, it's not. It's here to stay because I love it. I know. I, I love mean, it it's too. It's not bad either. No, it doesn't so my two favorite genres are Metroidvania and Roguelite. So the more shit that comes out in those two yeah, categories, no, I'm, I'm, with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, yeah, boy, I'm there. That's one of my favorite things too. Like those are some of my favorite games. I love uh, like Binding of Isaac. I love Everspace. I love um, you know like Dead Cells. I'm speedrunning. I, I like all those kinds of games. I'm I'm totally there with you. I loved uh, like Ori and the Blind Forest is great. Hollow Knight is amazing. Like I love Metroidvania. Dude, you gotta play. get Chasm. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, like I want to play with like there's so many though. Like there's I Wizard know. of Legend. There's I Chasm. Know. Yeah. There's Moonlighter. There's like there's a billion of these games now, and that's what I mean. Like it's a bit of a trend, right? Everybody's yeah. trying to cash in on it, and it's not a bad thing in a way because I mean if you like that style of game, you've got like this. 
Dirt. Oh, I love it. Too, right? Like, which is cool if you like it. And it's the same thing for all the Battle Royale people. Like, yeah. I learned that I'm not necessarily the best at it. And that, like, that's not where I can probably do my streaming. So I just was like, eh, well, I'll just kind of leave it for other people. But I still like watching it. And I mean, it's really, really cool for everybody that likes Battle Royale. It kind of sucks if you hate it because it means that, you know, if you're an FPS person that really hates the Battle Royale style gameplay, mm-hmm. you're going to be, uh, stuck on what's going to happen to your games for a while, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. going to try and put it in. It's just going to be everywhere. Everyone's going to try and put it in. That's what she said, and that's the quote of the evening. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I see it a lot like uh, how MOBAs started coming yep. around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, MOBAs were like oh, this yeah, shit in the for a minute. What was the big appeal of a MOBA? It was mm-hmm. basically a dumbed-down MMORPG. You had four yep. abilities, you leveled up, you killed monsters, you got abilities, and then you fought other players. Slightly more complex like, power defense. Yeah. And yep. now with Battle Royale, it's like, what did people like about Daisy and that style of game? The mm-hmm. looting items and killing people. So just yep. make it faster, and then you get PUBG, you get Fortnite. And then now the new Call of Duty one is coming out pretty soon. And I think Battlefield said they were going to have one too. Yeah, so everybody's just a game it. mode. Yeah, no, it's just, it's like Capture the Flag, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's going to be in every FPS forever now. Like, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like I said, I mean, if you really, really, really hate it, I mean, I guess, but I'm one of those people that people are kind of allowed to like what they like. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's cool. It's cool for them. Like, I'm really excited for, I know a lot of streamers that, uh, one of my favorite streamers, uh, Kate, it, that's just literally her name on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, she streams. PUBG and I mean she's fantastic and I, it's really cool that like she's kind of in this golden age of her favorite game type so it's pretty sweet yeah like the the genre of game I want to see more of is stuff like Dead by Daylight and Death Garden because I like that mm. 1v5 asymmetrical type gameplay because I was playing a ton of Death Garden while the free weekend was on yeah I was like I really enjoy this but the, but like Dead by Daylight the issue was Sometimes the the like the enemy guy, the boss, mm-hmm. is either way too overbearing, and that that's the issue I've had with most of the ones I played. Either the boss character is way too powerful, or he's balance way too is tough. Weak. Yeah, it's so difficult. Yeah, it's hard to balance an asymmetrical game for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when Evolve was going to be this big thing. Oh, dude, <laughs> that was so sad. I yeah, want. I want something like that. I want something that like the problem is it's it's not only balancing the game mechanics itself, but it's balancing the the variations in skill level. Because mm-hmm. like yep. when when you have four people on one side, you can have some variation of skill level. Because like three of you might be okay, but one guy's really good. Whatever, it'll balance out. But the problem is the balance on the other side. Because if you're the one person on the other side and you have zero experience, how do you fucking balance that? Like, well, and I think with with evolve, I mean, part of the problem too was it just felt like there wasn't enough like game mode content kind of stuff for it or yeah it, it was pretty much if you're the boss so very samey yeah you're it's like go kill some monster go kill some creatures eat them level up try to survive to level three and then fight the guys and now yeah was- i guess that i'm not like super versed on this so i don't know what the difference because like i know that dead by daylight still has legs right like it's been doing- yeah 
Yeah, you no, know, people, people still play it. And I know a lot of people that love it. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not sure what the big difference there is that they kind of managed to to get that formula right, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, because I, I think it's more so in Dead by Daylight, the like the spooky character you play as, because it's like Jason, yeah. like Freddy Krueger, those guys. It's like you're actively hunting the players, whereas in Evolve, it's basically run away from them. That's so, like, true. You're the yeah. Final, you're like the yeah, final it's form. more survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a fair point because it never felt like in Evolve you you got it was always hard to balance out how much you should like run away from the players and just like level yourself up and just then all you're doing is just like running around just kind of eating things and it's not very interesting mm-hmm. versus like actually fighting them. So yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah, that, that's why more... I like Death Garden because you play yeah. as the hunter and then you overcharge so you get access to a jetpack and you move and like do everything faster. Mm-hmm. While you're, the guys you're hunting are trying to do various like objectives, like con- capture control posts or deliver like this energy pack, and when they do that, they get highlighted on the map. You can see where they are. So when you're the hunter yourself, as soon as you see someone pop up on the map, you overcharge and you're at him in like four seconds, and you're instantly sure. on him trying to kill him. Yeah. And then when you're the the runners trying to like evade him and do these objectives, you know as soon as you touch an objective, and you hear the. That you know you should probably you get run, out because yeah. you can hear him like sprinting at you. <laughs> yeah, sure. That that makes a lot of sense. Like it feels like you can be like the problem with uh, evolve is they made it so much that you had to like actually take down the monster that then the monster feels weak a lot of the time, which is yeah. very obvious. Yeah, yeah no, especially that makes if you were a bad monster, you were pretty much running the entire time. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Because I played a little bit of it and I tried to get into it and I was like, eh, like it was an interesting idea, but it just didn't seem to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's a neat game. It's really cool. That there's all these very different game types that are coming out. Like I like that there's been like a DayZ, that there's been a Battle Royale. Like you were asking me like how I feel about those kinds of things blowing up. And I mean, I, I feel like it's awesome because there's just all these new, it shows that there's still some innovation because for a while it felt like uh, like we said, I mean, back when it was a little bit pre-internet, like internet was out, but it wasn't good. And so you kind of had like that Halo 2 era, right? Where it was like just starting to be uh, multiplayer things and you're just starting to get online play. Hold your tongue, sir. I was playing Counter-Strike since the beginning. Sure, but like it wasn't... I'm just kidding. Most <laughs> didn't have that. Yeah, no, no, no. I Like it was there, but that's what I'm saying. Like it was yeah. the exception, not the rule. Yeah, no, you're right. And you ended up with like a lot of the games kind of devolved into being trying to be the best of like very, very archetypal games. Like Halo was just like, a, it was a great game, but it was just like a super stripped down shooter. Like there was, it's just as the best archetype of a shooter. Right. And same, like they never did anything new or interesting. They just kind of became very derivative. That was like other. the one shooter that Lady Navio played. She's like, oh man, I played Halo so much. Yeah, and I mean, it, like, there's advantages to that because it means that, like, you get a lot of really polished games, mm-hmm. but then, like, the disadvantage is that then you also don't get a lot of very different games. Right. And now we're getting to the point where it, it's nice that we're kind of back out from the very, very polished games all the time. So sometimes you get ones that are total stinkers, but at the same time, you get, like, you very, very different games. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a total, stink, total stinker, obviously. But yeah, so it's nice that way. I, I like that there's... There's some, you know, different ideas that are going on out there. You get like 
some weird game like Death Road to Canada that's like Oregon Trail, but also a brawler that's a roguelike. And then you get like Battle Royale games at the same time. And then you also have like a Dead Cells, which is like this Metroidvania thing. And there, and then Slay the Spire, which is a card game. And they're all really, really popular at different points. And it's like, that's cool. There's so many different things, right? Oregon Trail. Best game ever made. But... Oregon, right. Oregon Trail, O R G A N. Have you guys played that? The Oregon, Oregon Trail. Oh yeah, Oregon uh, Trail. Yeah, yeah, I played Oregon Trail. The one uh, where you drive a, uh, what 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 type of car is that? It's like sedan. a Volkswagen sedan, yeah. Volkswagen. Well, like, well, no, like yeah, no, like um, oh my god, it's not. I'm not sorry, I wasn't thinking of Volkswagen. It's not a sedan. Um. Oh my goodness! I we had one of these when I was a kid. Yeah, we me too. Uh, with the yeah, wood panel, I, I can't remember the, the name of it. I'm trying to think. Like, there's actually like a name for wagon. it. Wagon. Yeah, like something wagon. That's what I'm thinking. Is like the family wagon. Yeah, I. It's not that, but yeah, like station wagon. Station wagon. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Red yeah, Marsh yeah. coming wagon. in clutch. There you go. Yeah. So hey, station wagon. Uh, while we finished this discussion, I was looking in my Steam and I realized we've had this whole discussion about roguelites. I got a copy of Faster Than Light sitting in my Steam right now, so I'm just going to throw out a little giveaway real quick uh, while we finish up our talk for the evening. Uh, if anyone wants a copy of Faster Than Light, uh, we're going to throw out a keyword. And guess what the keyword is going to be? It's going to be our guest, Mr. Ilian. Mr. Ilian underscore, you are the man of the hour. We're going to do a giveaway. If you want to enter in this giveaway, you need to type Ilian underscore in chat. And we're going to give away a copy of Faster Than Light FTL right now during the podcast. So all you lurking ass lurkers out there who've been listening but not participating, you better show up right now and type Ilian in chat. Also, I mean, it doesn't hurt to go follow him. Because uh, he's awesome, and he's a super nice dude. He's from Canada, so you know he's nice. Unless he's kicking your ass at MTG. We've learned he's a brutal-ass motherfucker when he's playing oh, MTG. Oh, yeah, but if I'm playing, if I'm playing a multiplayer <laughs> game, I'm, I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> I, oh, God, I used to do some terrible things to make people play bad. I used to do some really mean things. There was somebody at my game store that was, like, really, really nervous and so she would like she would play really defensively mm-hmm. and in contrast to that so like she wouldn't attack and so what i would do is i would constantly be like super aggressive with my play and like a little bit with my mannerisms with i'd just be really crisp with things like i would try and exude a confidence level so that she would never ever fight me on things and she would just hold like so many games where she shouldn't and i finally talked to her i was like because she was a good friend of mine and i was like listen like I'm, like I'm don't let me bully you like that like you just don't believe you you always think that I have what is going to kill you. And I'm like, I don't have it like 90% of the time. You're just so scared of me. Like, don't, don't play scared like that. You gotta, gotta call me on more of my BS. And I like took her to the side. I'm like, I'm sorry that I'm doing this to you because I'm like, it's just natural that I want to win. So I'm like trying to do what I can. But I'm like, I need, it's like poker, right? Like it's kind of, you play the Yeah, play. you gotta, yeah. So you, I do a lot of that. Used to. I can see how it'd be similar to poker. Yeah. So it, it, it's very a much A lot like of it's that. confidence. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, like, well, and, and bluffing and, and knowing when your opponent is doing that. There's a really good uh, story, actually, that I have of a guy that I know who is a professional poker player. There's a game mode called Two-Headed Giant, where it's two mm-hmm. two-player teams. 
So you're you're on a team with another player. And we had a guy that was just like this incredible poker shark. Like he was really good. It was his only job for about like six years where he would just go to the casino, play poker and clean up. So he was scary to play against because he knew he would read you and he just knew everything that you had. Like he, <laughs> you'd sit there and you'd be like sitting on a bunch of cards and he'd look and you'd go, you have this, this, this and this. And you're like, fuck, because he would just nail you on it. And he was playing with a, a friend of his against two other players and they had a game where all he had to do was attack and he would win. But if his opponent had a specific card, they would be able to kill one of their creatures and swing back and kill them. So it's like this really risky move, right? If they have it, they win. If they have it, then they don't, like, then he'll lose if they attack. But if they don't have it, they win by attacking. So he's like, oh my god, do I attack or not? And he's trying to read them. Twist is, this was the two Japanese exchange students. <laughs> And so they were specifically talking in Japanese the whole time oh, to throw him off. Wow. And he's like, I cannot read them. You can't like, read them. Like, you can't read them if they're not speaking the language. Like, yeah, like the mannerisms are different. Like the, right. the language is different. I can't get any right. reads on these people. I don't know whether they have this card or not. And they've got one card in the one guy's hand. And they're both looking over it. And they're talking to each other and kind of like back and forth going like, oh, like this is, and they're whispering. And he finally, he starts going like this, like... Uh, I think we have to, I think we have to pass. And like, normally you kind of go like this and you do like a forward motion. You're like, pass the turn. And he goes like, uh, and he starts to go like this. And then they drop the card and it's a land, which does nothing. And the one Japanese player looks at the other and goes, bad move, Hide. And then just like starts grabbing all of his creatures and goes like, no attack, get him. It's like, oh yeah, you, you done fucked up, son. You dropped that card. Not a good idea. It was amazing. Just a hilarious moment to watch because it's like, whoops, you almost had him. You kind of played him, but no, drop the card. Wow. That, I mean, yeah, funny. that, that, so Fractal was saying I've played against Brazilians in 2HG too. It's pretty yeah. tough. Uh, yeah, when somebody doesn't speak the language, it's like it's hard to. They they have a ma- if they can speak English and like know English really well, and they can have, speak another language, it's, it's so much harder to like know what they're doing. It's really tough to read them. Yeah, it's it's almost like we're at a disadvantage because I feel like the rest of the world knows their language and English. But, sure, in a game but like we're that, all no, but just languages. in general, like in a lot of parts of the world, they they're required to learn English as a part mm-hmm. of their like education mm-hmm. and us as English speakers are so fucking, you know, Oh sure. Yeah. We could learn. A lot We're like, no, nah, we just, yeah. like I took two years English of Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're yeah. not going to learn shit. Uh, that being said, I do speak Portuguese. So every once in a while, and I speak like I, I, I speak Portuguese fluently, but I also understand like, 80% of Spanish when other people are speaking it around me, which is always fun because I live in California. So, like, sure. I get a lot of context just from listening to people. <laughs> and they don't expect me to know what they're saying because I'm, mm. I'm like the mm-hmm. most gringo gringo. Other than James is the most gringo Mexican I know. But Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like you put me next to the rest of my family and they're like, Are you sure that's your, your family? Like oh, man. much darker and I'm like James oh, is the whitest brown man you'll ever meet. Uh it shows that some of that is so arbitrary. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's incredibly arbitrary. Um so yeah. yeah, no, we got a couple more minutes, guys. Hola, como vai? E aí, como vai, seu safado? Vai chupar no cu. 
I hope there's no Brazilians here because I just told you to eat a butthole. Um, <laughs> if you want to enter the giveaway, you got a couple more minutes. You got to type the word Ilian underscore in chat. Ilian underscore. That's his actual screen name. And it's that specific yep. because you should go look him up and follow him. Thank you. Uh, that's half of the reason I do these podcasts is to find those hidden gems out there, those other streamers and smaller uh, affiliates and and, uh, and partnered Twitch peoples who I find interesting personally. Uh, I have been watching Ilian. I've been lurking in his channel, raiding him, kind of just I've been I've been secretly a part of his community for a while. Like but six months more, yeah, something like that. Been a while. I like yeah, no. I like smaller communities, and I like to support them. That's kind of my motivation. I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I've always wanted to have guests of people who generally are smaller, have a story to tell, have like like your your passion for MTG, and your and just kind of like the fact that I had no idea that you were. A wedding photographer like that like those little tidbits are what make this whole thing interesting for me because it's like you know the the cosplay the wedding photography i was gonna say or that we do like a lot of the crazy story about your stray cat that you found like i that that's the stuff that makes it worth it for me i love that shit i loved rescuing that cat but i feel bad for him i hope that he caught a good home mm-hmm yeah, no, I'm a, but yeah, like there's a lot of, it's cool to meet uh, very different people on Twitch. That's part of the fun part. There's a lot of people that look at Twitch um, as other people on Twitch's competition, which is just yeah. so silly. I mean, that, that's for a lot of business though. There's, there's a big problem with that in many, many businesses. I mean, we, like I said, we've owned our own business for like 10 years kind of thing. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get to know the people that are, nice to work with and kind of associate with and, you know, talk back and forth and share tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff and introduce other people to. And then there's the people that are like, really, they only want to just use you as a stepping stone and they're super involved in their own thing. And that's all they care about. And it's like, you really want to associate with one or the other. And those people yeah. don't really realize it. They have no idea that they're hurting themselves so much more by just not being friendly. It's so much easier to do it. Oh yeah, because yeah, some people see it as the viewers you have. That means they that means they won't watch me. But that's not how it is. No, not at all. No, it's it's super silly to look at it that way. It's it's insane the way that people look at it that way. I mean, I'm sure that I've uh, hosted people and then had my viewers like watch them more than they watch me. But it also happens the other way, and it's like, yeah, and that's on me. Like, why would that be? You know, like that's not like somebody else's fault. That's not like. It's not a viewer's fault. There's a kid. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You can't make the viewer. You can't force no, them no. to watch make you. Make your stuff better. <laughs> like right. That, that's that's exactly. the incentive to make your stuff more interesting. It, no, it's just motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's silly to think that way. It's way better to interact with other people. Anyways. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, there, there's been times where I'll, I'll just go and like browse on Twitch. <laughs> His tail just keeps coming across the... There'll be times where I'll go just like I'll I'll browse on Twitch and like a category or a specific game and I'll click on someone and I'll pull them up and it's crazy because how fast this stuff innovates and how fast people like the technology gets better and their people get better and like 
And, oh, you yeah. know, I'll go into a channel and this fucker's doing shit that I'm like, how did he do that? And I'm just like, for me, it's just motivation because I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. Like, how can I, like, what, how can I make myself better? How can I do that? How, how, like, yeah, you've got to constantly be learning and you got to yeah. learn from other people. So why wouldn't you interact with them and be positive with them? Exactly. Rather than fight them? No, it's, it's, it's a way better mentality. Work with people, not against them. All right, last chance. Anyone wants a copy of FTL? I know it's an older game, but it's a roguelite. We're going to give that copy away right now. Uh, type Ilian underscore in chat. If your name is listed there and you got a blue dot next to your name, that means you are entered to win. If not, you better type it real quick. We're going to do this giveaway, and then we're probably going to call it a night. Ilian wants to go do his thing on his stream. Yeah, you bet. And uh, we're probably going to let him go do that and then raid him. <laughs> we're going to send all you guys his way here in a second. But, uh, yeah. Who, who's entered so far? We got uh, Ninja Breadmon, Pie Guy, uh, That Bishop, Engineer, and uh, Adorkable. All of you guys have been here all night participating, so I'm glad that you are the ones who have entered. So mm. we're going we're gonna to roll it real quick here. Boop! Ninja Breadmon! You don't own FTL already? I feel like you already own FTL. If not, hit me up. Do you own, Are you here, Ninja? Type something in chat to let me know that you're here and that you won. And I'm going to give that to you. I'll, I'll talk to you on Steam. Anyway, right. uh, Ilian, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for it's, having me. It's it been cool. a pleasure. I really enjoyed this. It's been fun. I like hearing my own voice. I can talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all, though? I mean, if you're a streamer... Oh, no. <laughs> J J like James voice. is a YouTuber. Oh, I hate... I oh, No, no, no. I actually hate my voice. Yeah, no. Actually, like, looking back at pre-recorded content is awful. Yeah. Like, editing, editing your stuff is, like, nails on a chalkboard. But, yeah. like, actually talking about things is fun. Just going back and listening to yourself sucks, though. Yeah, it's weird. I'll be, like, listening to a review so I made, bad. and I'm like, I sound like that? Why do people watch this? Yeah, no, I hate, everybody <laughs> hates their own voice. I, there are very, very few people that I know that can actually go back and watch their own content. Like, nobody can do it. Nobody likes doing that. That's I, a miserable experience. I, I didn't like it at first. It took me a while to get used to it. Yeah. It, it, it does take, like, some effort to do it. I mean, in really, really successful people talk about that. There's, like, a lot of Hollywood actors and things that say, like, oh, I've never watched I've never watched my own. Yeah, they've never yeah, watched I'll own. never do it. Like, I don't like it. I, I, I don't want to see them. And it's like, oh, okay. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to watch your own work. It's really hard to do it sometimes. You, a lot of imposter syndrome, right? Because you look yeah. at, like you said, like, why would anybody listen to my voice? My God, yeah. this is awful. And so, you know, that's you can look at it as an impetus to try and get better, but it's also like really hard to do that. Yeah, especially with how you hear your voice is so mm. much different. Your internal voice is so different, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because people always told me like your voice is really deep, but when I'm hearing it, it's like it never changed. Yes. So, like I don't, like what do you mean it's deep? It yeah, yeah. Deep yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Randomly, when I'm about to leave, Lord Reggie's like, wait, you have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh we're gonna call it a night guys uh it's we this has been a three hour solid podcast we started yeah. we started at about six ten. so uh ilian 
he's probably itching to go start his stream. So we're going to let him go do that. And uh, um, James and I will stick around for a couple minutes and uh, chat with you guys. But yeah, Ilian, you, you're you're welcome to go do your thing. You bet, man. I got to go do some work. Yeah. Thank mm, you for being here. Uh, what are you playing tonight? I am honestly not sure. I think I was going to do Eternal, uh, do some drafts, but I'm like, I really, really wanted to start an XCOM run through. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I have like this itch right now where I, I really want to do like some turn-based strategy stuff that I never, ever do on my channel. And I'm like, I want to run through. I got XCOM 2 on the sale and I was like, I've been wanting to do XCOM and XCOM 2 and just like play it one day a week until we finish the whole thing. So I'm not 100% certain which one I want to do yet, but probably should do Eternal tonight. It's my main game. It's you got to bat when it's my job. I kind of got to balance what I want to do a little bit with like also like what my fans should expect and what I'm yeah. supposed to do. And I mean, I like Eternal and I want to do Eternal tonight, but I'm, I'm kind of split between the two because every day I push back the, the XCOM thing and I know eventually I'm going to push back far enough that I never do it. <laughs> yeah, you just got to do it. God yeah, it, it's, oh, it's like I work, dude. We'll, we'll come, I, we'll come seven days a week. Seven days a week, I make content. It's so hard. It's we'll, so come, hard. we'll come check you out. Too many games. All right. Anyways, yeah, it's great to have you. And uh, yeah, I'll see you later. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Have a good night, man. Yeah, yeah you see Ilian. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much, Mr. Ilian. Oh, let me switch here. You're going to switch That just over. reminds me of when I'm. Uh, making a good burger episode because I was like how to basic that looks like it's a lot of fun to make a video like that and then I did it and it was fun <laughs> I'm gonna change your label real quick you're not alien you being late made me fucking have to change everything I know I was like alright we're leaving it's 4 it's 4 p.m. we should get there like just in time I close my eyes. I'm like, wait, what? I'm home. Like I fell asleep. And I look and it's like 6:05 and I was like, oh no. I, I I don't think I made it in time. I, I come on, I messaged you and I messaged you in Discord. I'm like, Jimmy, I'm here. I go into Twitch chat and I'm like, eyes. And I'm like, okay, he saw me just in time. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. So what I did is I switched the labels cuz usually you're the one who's like next to me. So, like, I knew that if it was the three of us, that your name would be here and his name would be mm -hmm. there. So I preemptively set up the labels knowing you would probably join after Ilian. And yeah. it worked out perfect. I can't. I want to watch the replay because that transition, like, where you and Ilian were in the right place when I hit the other scene, like, it just, it worked so well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. L.A. is huge. Dude, yeah. You, like, you, that was awful. To say Los Angeles, for those who don't know, Los Angeles is not a city. It's a conglomeration of like eight cities. And so if anyone's ever like, oh, I'm going to L.A., that's that's way too fucking vague. Mm -hmm. Like, are you going to Santa Monica? Are you that's, going? That's like saying I'm going to Europe. Yeah, exactly. Like, L.A. Like is as big as like there's countries that are smaller than L.A. It's like, okay, Santa Monica, Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Pasadena, Arcadia. Like, we're talking uh, Glendale. We're talking, like, downtown. Like, it's Culver City. Yeah, it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went down to Culver City. 
it's it's so big that it's like literally just a network of cities all connected together with a bunch of shitty freeways in between them mm-hmm. that are always backed up. Yeah, and we didn't even leave at rush hour, and we were still drive five feet, stop, drive five feet, stop, drive ten feet. Oh, you gotta stop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm going to L.A. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, that tells me nothing. Like, I had to ask her, too. I was like, where in L.A. are we going? Because that could turn, like, a two-hour trip into a six-hour trip. But it was four, so it was in between. Yeah. We made it back, so I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, guys... Yeah, it was funny. When you saw me uh, go like that, it's because when my mom walked in... And she was like, I'm sorry that I made you late for the podcast because she di- she forgot that I was doing it today. I'm going to start doing this. This is my James move. It's like, it's like I'll, I'll do this gesture. I'm trying to speak, Jimmy. Careful, Jimmy. Those are mostly vodka. I know, dude. Lady Navio has been fucking me up tonight, dude. Like, she's been making my drinks, and every one... I think every drink she's made has been progressively less soda and more vodka. Um, your mom sounds nice, James. <laughs> she's yeah, she a nice be. lady. Dude, okay, so now that it's just us, I need to take a moment to recognize Crispy. Generally on the podcast, I apologize, but we do not interact with the audience as much. It's more about the discussion with our guests. So I'm sorry if we don't always react to what's going on in chat. We try and incorporate it a little bit here and there. But motherfucking Crispy, dude, I think Crispy spent over a... I, I mean, I don't want to talk numbers, but there was lots of subscriptions, third tier mm-hmm. subscriptions, bit donations, like crispy. What the fuck, man? It's completely not MVP. necessary. I appreciate it all. By the way, also, I'm working with uh, Mr. Frosty, Frost Asylum. He is helping me get my YouTube content up and running. So I've been kicking down a, a, a little bit of fundage to him because he's been spending a lot of time getting this YouTube stuff done. Like editing is ridiculous. It takes way more time than it's worth. And I'm and I just haven't been able to do it. So I I've been kicking down a little bit his way. So any money that goes towards the stream is also going towards getting the YouTube content going. It's going towards uh getting it i the next so once we get the youtube stuff worked out we're also going to be getting it worked out on uh uh the the podcast uh stream uh what's the word rss uh whatever it's called feeds feeds that's the word i was looking for mm. So I, if you own any, if you have like a podcast app and you search for a podcast, in order to get it on there, you have to have it on one of the platforms that hosts podcasts and will feed your content. So the, the most popular one is Libsyn. So the next step, once we get it on YouTube, is to upload all of the audio to Libsyn so that we can start being aggregated on the podcast 
uh, feeds. So that's kind of that's where all of your donations are going right now. We're gonna get this shit on actual podcast feeds, so you can listen to it in your car. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Twitch. Like we're trying to put it everywhere we possibly can, so that the podcasts are available to you guys. So I appreciate every single one of your subscriptions and donations and all of that stuff. We usually don't talk about this on the podcast, but in in the next week or two. You're going to see a lot of content just get dumped on YouTube, on Libsyn, all over the place. Like we're really close to meeting that goal. And then after we do that, the next step, after we dump all that shit on you, the next step is to start developing JimmyNavio.tv, the actual website. Right now, JimmyNavio.tv points to uh, my Twitch channel. But I'm going to be making a website. But I didn't want to have the website up until I had the podcast stuff done and the YouTube stuff done. So that's where your money is going. It's all going right back into all of this shit so that we can take it to the next level. So... Mm. Also, oh yeah, speaking of... If you're not in the Discord, uh, you need to make sure you go check out the Tom Tomfoolery channel because... Last night we we made some really great audio clips. I was so confused. <laughs> I was at a birthday party. I'm like scrolling through Discord. I'm like, what are these MP3 files? Yeah. So I uh, there's five k bits and ten subs. What the fuck did I do? You uh, you contributed to the future success of the Bucket Podcast. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go take a look. Is is I I told Ilian we were gonna raid him once he was live, so we took up enough of his time. He stream he's a late night streamer, so I really appreciate him. Uh, oh, he's still hosting me. Come on, Ilian. Let's go. You gotta go live so I can raid your ass. So that. Oh, uh, by the way, Ninja Breadmon. <laughs> Crispy's a real MVP. Ninja Breadmon, uh, you won FTL because you responded in time. Regardless of whether or not you're actually like, you know. Don't worry about it. It's yours. Do you own FTL? If not, it's yours. You you now own FTL. I wish I had more stuff to give away. <gasps> and then even if you own FTL, in case you didn't know, there is a modding community and they mod and the best mod that's out there is the captain's mod that redoes a lot of the mechanics, adds in new races, new sectors, new boss fights. It's great. So if you haven't played it in a while, you can get that mod, and it's like a whole new game. He isn't home to check. Well, you won, so... Crispy Audio, I have been feeling so bad not being a subscriber to my own fiancé's channel. Your gift was amazing. <laughs> See? You're making the ladies' dreams come true. Wedding gift. <laughs> so Lady Navio said that I should create a donation incentive for my bachelor party. Mm. 
<laughs> she was like, you should, well, first she was like, you should make a donation incentive for our wedding. And I was like, yeah, but that's kind of like, she's like, oh, how about for your bachelor party? I thought it would, I thought that was kind of a cool idea. And I was like, yeah, but if they're donating for the bachelor party, they're going to expect uh, the IRL stream. The IRL stream of the bachelor party. I So, <laughs> there's an ongoing joke. I'm just going to fucking put it out there because everybody fucking knows the whole third time's a charm thing. I've never had, <laughs> I've never had a Vegas bachelor party. And if you if you want an IRL stream, there's no better place to do it than Vegas. I never suggested a donation for a wedding. That's not classy. Mm. I suggest. Oh yeah, Bishop Girl suggested it, and then Lady Navio was like, "Well, what about for the bachelor party? We a Vegas bachelor party." And it'll just be me by myself. Mm. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Because I don't have any real life friends. No, I do. I have real life friends. There's at least three people I can think of that would probably come party with me in Vegas. Three or four people specifically that I would want to be there. Yeah, and you'd be surprised when you put up a donation goal. People like filling up bars. <laughs> There's just something, like, innate within us. There's something about filling up those bars, man. Um, hold on one second. I could come if I got the deets. Crispy Audio, where do you live? I live in California, but I can get real cheap flights from my city to Vegas. How many of you fuckers would show up in Vegas if I had a bachelor party in Vegas? That's the real question. It probably wouldn't be until uh, Coachella. Get out of here with that shit. I'm going to hang out with a bunch of hipsters for my bachelor party. I need a few years, but I'd do it when I, if I was invited. A few years? Dude, we're trying to get married next year. Fuck this place, man. I hate it. What? <laughs> oh, shit. Send me some money. I can't get out of the country. Wait, can oh. I go? I have boobs. I mean, if you can, if you can make it to Vegas during the dates that it's going to happen, you're welcome to join in the festivities. Pretty much the only limitation is whether or not you can show up. I don't think I'm allowed to go to Vegas. I have no yeah. self-control. <laughs> well, if it's you like know that going into in it, pocket. then maybe you can... Uh, I mean, it's really just a matter of, like, if you know, that's that's a trick is, like, setting a boundary. If you say, okay, I have $100 to spend 
in Vegas. Well, no, okay. So you have your travel budget and your hotel travel budget, and then you have your gambling budget. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to spend a penny over either of those. What happens is people get to Vegas and they're like, oh, shit, I'm down $30. Well, I can win it back. And then they're down $400, right? Yep. If you are like, if you set a budget and say, okay, $200, I'm not going to spend more than that, period. If I lose it all, it's entertainment. Cool. It was an investment. I'm done. But, like, hookers are legal there. Yeah, but still, it's like, it's like way, it's, you, you don't want to deal with it. Gentlemen clubs are okay. There's a whole strip off the strip where you can go, like, get a nice show, do the whole whatever thing, have the bachelor experience. The whole hooker thing, I mean, unless you're willing to fork out some serious money, you're probably going to get some... Yeah, I remember I saw an ad for one because some one of them was doing an AMA on Reddit. He was like, how much do you charge? He's like, oh, it's only $800 an hour. Minimum <laughs> two hours. No, so, but, yeah, no, you don't need to actually have sex. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's so many strip clubs and there's so many gentlemen's clubs. So, like, thinking face so for example so the, when you're on the strip a lot of people don't know there's only a couple like actual strip clubs on the Vegas strip like most of them are not it's not it used to be a thing where you'd be like walking down the strip and you walk into a strip club now there's the strip and then there's like like four blocks away there's a whole other strip that's like all of the strip clubs so what they do is you're walking down the strip and some dude will be like, "Hey, jump in my limo." And I'll and we'll drive you over to this XYZ gentlemen's club. And they're always like their whole deal is to try and like lure you in, so they have a certain amount of negotiation power. So I didn't know this either until I went there with one of my friends, a good friend of mine. Uh, that I would love to eventually have on the podcast. Crazy motherfucker. He's a lawyer now. But at the time, I went to Vegas with him, and this dude walked up, and he's like, dude, jump in the limo. We'll take you over to the XYZ, this place over here, and we'll treat you right, two free drinks, all this stuff. And at the time, I was still Mormon. So he, <laughs> so he was like, my friend has zero interest in going to this place. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, he's free. So he already negotiated me getting in for free. And then he's like, well, me and uh, Evan here, like, I mean, we're, we're, at, we're, we're doing fine. We're on the strip. We're having fun. And they're like, two free drinks for you guys. Uh, so, and he's like, ah, but I mean, drinks, drinks are free if we play the penny slots. Like, drinks are nothing. And he's like, "All right, two free drinks and a laptop. Uh, two free drinks and a lap dance for you and your friend. And the Mormon guy can sit in the club for free." And so, like, he's like, "Okay." So we all jumped in the limo and they took us over to the laptop. That's not no. <laughs> like a laptop for the two, Mormon two friend. Two free drinks and a laptop. Diablo three grinding. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'll play some Counter Strike <laughs> in the corner while you guys are getting titties in your face." <laughs> no, uh, that's not what happened. 
Uh, so we all jump in the limo. We go like two or three blocks away from the Las Vegas Strip. We go to a gentleman's club. They get their free drinks and lap dances. I kind of sit there and just kind of like try to take it in, I guess. I don't know. So here, here is where the trouble was. As soon as we tried to leave, oh, you're three, you're four blocks from the strip, which I mean, like four like legit city blocks with a freeway in between. You're not walking back to the strip, and they know that. They know that you're 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 there. So they so th- we're trying to get back in the limo to get back to the strip, and they're like, "Oh, two hundred dollars," and we're like. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and, and this was like, this was very, like, very pre Uber. Cause I, I don't think they can get away with this anymore. Cause you could just order an Uber to pull up and take you back to the strip. But like, this was right before Uber became a thing. And we're like, no, we're not. You told us, that, like, this is the deal, whatever. And my friend had the cojones to, like, kind of haggle with him to get us back. But that's, I realized that's where they get you. It's like, you, you know, yeah, whatever. On the front end, they're like, sure, free drinks, free boobs, free lap dances, whatever. But once they've got you off the strip and they're like, oh, you want to go back? Yeah. You, you. And they're hoping that by that point you're drunk enough that like you don't you're like okay yeah here's a hundred dollars give me back to the strip i gotta go home and sleep like that's kind of that's the tricky part but but luckily i had a friend with me who was able to navigate that for me and get us back Mm -hmm. without breaking the bank i think i broke even that trip i i ended up i because I paid for the hotel room. I wouldn't have figured that out. <laughs> uh, I think I was up. Uh, I, I hit like big on a slot machine. I love the Wizard of Oz slot machine. It's one of my favorites. I don't even know if they have it anymore. But it's I hit, I hit big on a Wizard of Oz slot machine that like paid for my whole trip. Hmm. We almost got arrested too because we had a. Uh, my friend Evan had a. Uh, it was one of those weed vapes, but it was shaped mm-hmm. like a, an inhaler, like an oh. asthma inhaler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got a little too confident walking around puffing on his asthma inhaler, but it wasn't an asthma inhaler. And uh, at one point. Within that weekend, someone flashed a badge at us and was like, better put that away. This was before... So, uh, that has since been socially legalized in California and Nevada. But at the Mm -hmm. time, it had not been yet. So... That was a a fun trip. I need to go to Vegas again. That was quite the trip. But yeah, moral of the story is if you end up in a gentleman's club, uh, make sure you have a way to get back. Vaping in public or indoors, both. <laughs> that was the problem. The indoors was what eventually uh, 
almost got us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> like, smells like that. Smelly kind of. We were in a smell. show. We were literally in an arena watching a show, sitting up in the very top left corner, like nosebleed seats, top corner, because we got the tickets for free. It was mostly empty. It was maybe like 20% capacity. So this it was sparse. The people that were like most uh, half of 70% of the seats were empty. So we're like, let's go sit up in the back corner and watch the show and, you know, do some inhaler. Yeah, hit the vape a couple times. And it just so happened that like some people sitting two rows like a row over and one row in front of us like kind of like diagonally from us dude Cirque du Soleil I love Cirque du Soleil I've seen O I've seen Mystere I've seen uh, I've seen like four or five I've, uh, I haven't seen Love anyway uh, so yeah we're sitting in the very top corner just like taking little hits from the the, the vape daddy and these two unassuming middle-aged black ladies were sitting one row up and like a couple rows a couple seats down and one of them leaned over to my friend and like pulled something out of her purse and flashed it at him it was like an undercover police badge and she was like yeah you better go ahead and put that away (laughs) and we were all like oh shit so we left. We just left. We got up. We got up and left because <laughs> we, we were like, "No, we're not. We're just not going to deal with that right now." It was. Yeah. Hmm. And Gandalf, if that's what you're training for, why do you? Comp- why are you also a professional MM player? See this. And you're an engineer. This like three conflicting things. This doesn't make a lot of sense. What kind of Renaissance man are you? I don't want to deal with the paperwork. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I have four years to go. I am not a pro MM player. That's not what I heard. If you compete, you're pro. It's that easy. True. By the way, thank you for being one of the MM players who actually visits my stream. I feel like a lot of MM players disowned me at one point when I stopped playing that game. (laughs) Minion Masters, Bishop Girl. It's a small indie game. Goo, Goo, and Gandalf, and James, and Ninja, and occasionally JC. There, there's a few of you that have stuck around, but uh, I met you. Oh, Surefire North came out of the woodwork just now. That, <laughs> that's like the first comment you've dropped all night. Mm-hmm. That now they all gotta represent. Surefire North, I didn't know you were here. Hi, welcome. I feel like MM died out sadly. I mean, they're trying. They're they're still pushing forward. They're still releasing content. Yeah, it's all going to depend on when they actually release. Because they've been saying it's coming this year. And that's going to make or break it. 
Yeah. And the whole Discord thing may have some bearing on that. But I guess that all depends on whether or not the Discord market finds any level of success. Mm-hmm. They haven't released yet. Wow. Yeah, no, it's been it's been over a year. Mm. It's been a couple years now and people are like what's 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 going on? Does it still cost? Yes. Unless you get it on Discord, it's going to be free to play on Discord first. That's mm-hmm. the contract that they made and then eventually it'll be free to play on Steam. Yeah. So, we shall see. If they wait too long, though, they're going to miss the boat. Because hmm, luckily there's not many other games like it. And with how successful Clash Royale was, I can see people wanting to play it. But they got to actually release it at some point. Yep. Red Tides. Dude, I love Red Tides. We should play Red Tides again someplace. I want to cosplay as Jimmy Navio. It's not hard. Just just grow your just grow your hair out. And have a a pseudo bullshit beard and some chubby cheeks. The cheeks is really that's where the magic happens if you want to if you want to cosplay as me. It's all right here. This this is the cosplay. <laughs> JC Stream just showed up. I want to cosplay as Jimmy Navio's girl. Then Jimmy allowed to make love to me. B2B. B2B is still a That's command. still there. It, no, it is not gone anywhere. <laughs> you beat him to the punch. This podcast is going to a very dark place. Dude, that was awesome having Ilian here. Mm-hmm. He had so much to say, and I loved it. I love it when I can ask a question, and there's just like so much information. Mm-hmm. See, I hate when people ask me that kind of stuff. They're like, "Oh, what'd you do this weekend?" And I'm like, "Nothing." <laughs> and they're like, "No, you did something." Like, no. Didn't do anything. <laughs> it's like I woke up at noon, went to sleep at midnight, <laughs> did nothing all weekend. Yep. All right. Well, it has been a good night. And mm-hmm. Alien messaged me and said that he wasn't going to be starting soon. I was hoping we could... Uh, raid him or host him so we might need to find someone else to go raid or host let's see who from DLC is on and it looks like no one hmm. yeah I tend to be the on the, the if anyone it's usually battle athlete if there's ever anyone else oh speed Asians on he was here earlier speed Asians pretty cool What's Speed Asian playing right now? Shenmue? 
Hmm. Here, let's do this. Poop the entire weekend. Oh. Feels bad, man. Shenmue 2 is coming out soon. I've never played Shenmue. Is it a good game? Banana pudding? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know what you guys are talking about anymore. I've lost touch. Hey, she said it on me. Time to make ninja bread, man. Taste my banana pudding. I made mwahaha, yeah. Did you actually make banana pudding? Or is that a euphemism for something? Oh, adorable. How do you even say this? What is this? <laughs> Adorkable Clo Clo is saying Ilian is oh, starting. Oh, Ilian is starting stream now. We do I've been I've been holding out, man. I was hoping he would start soon. I want us to go I uh, pay our respects to the man who joined us on our podcast tonight. <gasps> oh, he's starting his stream. Alright, we're gonna go raid Ilian. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh it's been a great podcast. Shout out, I don't know if Frosty's here, uh, but Frost Asylum has been helping me port this content over to YouTube and eventually onto your local podcast feed so we can get it out there to all you guys. Uh, it's been it's taking a little longer than we wanted to because of all the copyright bullshit, but we're getting really close. I'm super excited about it. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you're checking the Discord on a regular basis because that's where the first place we're going to announce the uh, the YouTube and stream and podcast RSS content. It's going to be on the Discord. That's the first place I'm going to post about it. As soon as the videos and the streams and the the podcast and all that stuff is live, it's going to be on the Discord. If you want to get in touch with me, also DM me on Discord. That's the best play. That's the best way to get a hold of me. I will reply to I will reply to my DMs. Anyone who's ever DM me can attest to the fact that I'm. I try to stay really active. I try and stay uh, connected to you guys. But Discord is so much easier for me than Twitter or anything else. So hit me up there. Uh, if you are 18 plus. We'll make you a bucketeer, and you have access to additional channels. Jimmy didn't send the nudes. I mean, oh, what? He, Jimmy? He didn't ask. He's a diamond tier Patreon subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> he he didn't ask. So, so yeah, hit me up in the Discord and uh, stay tuned in the Discord for details soon. We're gonna have a lot of content coming your way soon, very soon. Maybe even tomorrow or the next day. Like it, we're so close to getting that that juicy content up. A lot of people are like, "Yeah, but who watches videos on Twitch?" And I agree. YouTube and RSS feeds and Twitch, you know, uh, podcast feeds and shit. That's the way to go. So we're trying to get it out there. 
All right, everyone, go say hi to Ilian. Uh, there's been a lot of gift subs tonight, so that means a lot of you have a bucket to drop. When we go over to Ilian's channel right now, if you would be so kind as to drop those buckets, uh, yeah, I like I like the the raid is real. You guys see that? Let's do that. If you've got buckets, that's what we're gonna drop when we go over there. The raid is real. Drop those brown, pink buckets drop those stars if you got them i love the stars the stars are my favorite this is my favorite right here i love doing this combination but that's only if you're tier three the stars are the shit if you ain't got buckets get buckets absolutely so Ilian's going live with XCOM. He's doing the XCOM thing. Sweet. So let's go. We're doing it right now. The raid command is going. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, Crispy Audio, for all of your love. Holy shit. So many subs. So many donations and bits. You guys are the best. That's why I keep doing this shit. You're making my dreams come true. Uh, I've... For years, I've always wanted to make a podcast, and you're making it possible. So keep it real. Have a good night.